Before we begin the episode, I'd like to say that this episode has been brought to you by our Patreon supporters at the Ultra and Above tiers. Shout out to our patrons, Tokulectables. You can find them at tokulectables.com. CS Toys, who you can find at cstoysjapan.com. And Ryugen Urabuchi. If you like what we do here at the Tokusatsu Network, from this podcast to our videos and live streams on YouTube to our everyday quality Tokusatsu news coverage, and you want to help us keep doing what we're doing here, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the tokenet. Some of our Patreon rewards include early access to all of our podcasts and videos, some exclusive behind-the-scenes blog posts from our editor-in-chief, Nicole Amber, and a few more surprise rewards as we continue to reach our fundraising goals. Thanks so much to our Patreon sponsors. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I am your host, Yas, and I am joined by Nicole. Hi. And George. Yo. And we are here today to talk about Q-Ranger, last year's Sentai. And since this is an interesting occasion where we didn't actually do a, a uh, impressions podcast of it, I think we'll just go around the table and see what everybody thought of Q-Ranger... Before and as it was first airing. Um, who wants to start? <coughs> Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, when we were getting first looks at Q-Ranger and the idea of having like nine, at the time we only knew it was nine, the nine, set, uh, nine rangers in a team, I thought that was really a really good idea. I, I thought that, and because I didn't really enjoy Ninja or Zooger before it, that I thought this unique idea would kind of bring something different to Sentai. So I was really excited going into it. And then the first couple episodes that aired definitely uh, kept my excitement. So, yeah. Uh, what about you, George? Um, pretty much the same boat. I didn't enjoy Ninja. I didn't enjoy Zooger. Um, but I was immediately interested in, uh, Q-Ranger just because the suits look really cool. But, um, me and Yas have this joke where it's like, if the suits look fantastic, the show is going to suck. So I was a little hesitant, but, um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't like the first episode. It was really bad. I didn't like Lucky. I was thinking... Ah, crap, I'm in for a third year in a row of Sentai that I don't like, but as soon as episode two came along, it immediately improved, and I was having so much fun. Yeah, you know what? I could agree to the first episode being kind of off-putting. I mean, it it was just lucky that I was like, oh, God, not again with this type of annoying red. But I did like when they, you know, they showed Hammy, they showed Raptor, they showed Spada. So I I really like that we got to be established with the at least the first three uh, Q Rangers by then. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm in the same boat as you guys. Um, I didn't like Ninja. Um, Zooger was disappointed because it could have been better. I felt like I had a good cast and a good, uh, a rather good premise, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the designs of Q Ranger were amazing, and yeah, 
I was also worried that because it had a good design, it would totally screw up and become a terrible show. And Q-Ranger kind of destroyed that theory. I hate it for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the first, few, the first episode was really bad. Um, was the second episode the one that introduced Garu? No, that was the first episode. The first episode, right? So yeah, that was another thing that was disappointing about it was that Garu's like whole backstory was like pretty much handled in like part of the first episode and yeah, we didn't not hear even, anything from it ever. Yeah. Like we just know that he came from a planet that was destroyed and he was the last one and that was it. Like we didn't hear anything else about it really like for the pretty much the rest of the season. And yeah. that's like the one thing that's that's one of the things that's kind of disappointing about like some of the character development because like I really would like to have seen more of Garu's like origin. Yeah, there's quite a few characters that I felt that way about, but mm. I'm I can really talk about that later as we talk yeah. about like the series progressing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the uh, I guess the basic premise of the of this story is that um, we're in, a, in we're in a universe where uh, dark matter. Dark matter, right? Dark, dark matter. Yep. Jaku, Jark, yep. Jaku, Jaku, Jaku matter. Yeah, has pretty much taken over the entire universe, including Earth, and a group of rebellions uh, basically gathered together uh, the nine Q Rangers, who were a legendary. Uh, it was like a legendary group of saviors who would stand up to dark matter and you know free the universe of its grasp. Um, and they're all chosen by these Qtamas, which are based off of constellations. And so, a quick rundown of the characters. We have Lucky, who is Shishi Red. We have Stinger, who is... Uh, Sasori I'm gonna Orange. Need help I'm going to need help with these names. Yeah. I, I can give them. So Go for Stinger, it. Stinger is Sasori Orange. Mm-hmm. Garu is Okami Blue. Balance is Oshi Black. No, Balance no. is Hedisukai. Balance! Balance is Tendon Gold. Chinup <laughs> is Oshi Black. Uh, Naga or Nagare is Hebitsuka Silver. Hanmi is Chameleon Green. Raptor is Washi Pink. Uh, Spada is Kajiki Yellow. Sho is Ryu Commander. Kotaro is Kogama, Koguma Sky Blue. And Tsurugi was a. Uh, Ho O Soldier. Yes. Yeah, there we go. I love him, so I'm biased. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we we go through with them uh, sort of becoming a. We, the first part of the show is we get them becoming a team. Uh, the next part of the show we kind of um, they come to Earth because Earth has an like an unusual amount of like protection, uh, f- like of guards and protection from dark metal. Like they're they're harvesting something from there, so they wanted to find out what's going on. And we also get a side plot where Stinger is going after his brother who is working for Dark Matter. I forget what that fool's name is. Uh, Scorpio? Scorpio. Scorpio. Yeah, um, Before I forget, like, <laughs> since we're on the topic, um, I just want to mention, like, Q-Ranger, I think, is the only Sentai, except for maybe Kaku-Ranger, that has, like, very specific, defined episode arcs. Hmm. So, oh, like, Yeah. So it's um, or the, so it's the the legendary saviors arc. It's the Earth Salvation Plan arc. It's the resurrection of the Argo spaceship arc. Um, it is the 
the Sudugi arc, uh, then it's the time travel arc, then the Great Space Adventure arc, and then the Hugh Ranger Save the Universe arc. Wow, that's a lot of arcs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I loved about that show. It's There was a very solid progression, and unlike a lot of Sentai, it felt like every episode was basically serving a purpose. Yeah, even yeah. the ones that were kind of filler-ish, where they were more goofy in nature, they still at least served a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there was even, like, one recap episode, I think. And it actually was actually really fun. I think it's yeah. the one where... That's the one where um, Ryu Commander breaks his back, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that episode. Shodampo is the best. He is. He is a so good... good. He's a good commander like type ranger i mean he's he's mm-hmm. definitely one of the better ones we've seen absolutely i like that he does have a backstory himself where he takes over after his superior dies kind of thing that, that was the case with him right mm-hmm. yep yeah um, yeah I, I love the fact that um you get to see before he was ryu commander he was uh what was it Draco Violet or something like that. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, or Ryu Violet or something like that. But yeah, basically just the idea that you get to see him in his youth coming up and like serving under somebody else. Like, yeah. That's a level of backstory that I really loved. Yeah. yeah. And I think at least from the, the Sentai that I've seen, I haven't seen such a good character backstory for those like commander or mentor types before. So it's, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's definitely been a while. Um, and I think a lot of that is just because recently, and by recently I mean like the last decade or so, Sentai hasn't really done commander characters. It's done like mentors, but they don't get the same level of focus as like Shoal did. And um, they're different characters, but Shoal reminded me of uh, Ibuki from uh, Change Man, who was their commander in the sense that they both got this very detailed level of exposition. Oh, wow. Then it's been a while then oh, yeah. since well, we've had that. Oh, yeah. Did you say uh, Master Kaku? Yeah. I would say... I want to say he's probably the last one. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, I'm trying to think of other ones. Like, we had Geki Ranger's um, uh, Master Shafu, but he didn't really... His, it wasn't as deep of a story. Yeah, definitely not. They didn't give him, honestly, enough attention outside of just being, you know, the Geki Masters and what they've been through. But Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he, he was definitely... Yeah, he was just so cool. Yeah, we could get <laughs> into know, that. I don't know what's up. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, yeah, we, we... Let's go... I guess we'll, let's go through the arcs and see what we think about each arc. So, the first arc is the... Um, legendary saber. Legendary sabers arc. Yeah, you're gonna have to help yep. me with that because I'm not gonna be able to keep track of. So this is episodes one through five. Got you. So that's when we're we're gathering the nine saviors. Yep. Okay. Um, this one, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, but they do do it in groups. In a way, because we have, we get four, no, three in the first episode, right? Yeah. Well, we get five. Yeah. In the first episode. Red, black, yellow, blue, green. Blue. 
All right. So yeah, we get a full send in the first episode. Um, I guess we should mention like a bit of how it's how this is different from other shows. Yeah. That, yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah, like just like a Sentai will traditionally introduce every member of the core team in the first episode, and sometimes you have something like Go Andrew will where it's like, well, we'll take one extra episode, but even there, it's like green and black weren't really the main main team. Mm. Um, the last Sentai that I think maybe the only other Sentai that took the Q Ranger approach was Kaku Ranger. When that took like three or four episodes, I think three episodes to introduce all five members. Yeah. Hmm. I see a lot of inspiration then. I have not watched Kakuranger yet, but I do enjoy these comparisons that we're having between the two shows. Yeah. Um, another thing that's different about it is that it, well, at least when we before the show started, everybody was speculating who would be the the core five because it was dependent on like what we saw from the, the toy scans of which ones were being used. In so everybody was kind of, yeah, Kirano, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, I remember some really interesting conversations and like people were dead set that like, oh, whoever's in Kirano, that's like, they're the real team. Everyone else is just like an extra who's going to show up every now and then. Yeah. But, uh, as more scans came out, you would start to think, what if there's no core five? What if it's really a core nine? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really interesting just because it, it breaks the mold of Sentai so hardcore to have, especially to have Q-Reno switch up so often. Yeah, that was, it was very interesting. Yeah. And yeah, they, they just, I don't know how they made it work, but they did. They did, especially um, for this arc. And I know personally, one of my favorite episodes in this arc was uh, introducing Washi Pink and having a Raptor finally get her uh, Q Ranger uh, form. And I was just like, oh, it's just, it was such a, though she didn't get the greatest story development over time, I did at least appreciate that episode as a way to introduce her by talking about what her dream was and how she really wanted to help out and stuff like that. It was really sweet. That was the one where she was uh, talking to Orion while she was writing yep. her book, yep. right? Yep. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. It was such a good episode. Um, yeah, that was one of those episodes where you just, you're rooting for her to get her what to get her powers, and then when she does, you're just like, yes! Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how I felt. Yeah. I think uh, that episode also showcased one of Q-Ranger's strengths in that it was able to focus on more than one character per episode. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you had, like, Raptor is obviously the focus, the main focus, because she transforms. But there's this whole side story about uh, Spada being overprotective about her. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I really enjoyed that as she grew, Spada grew as well. I thought that was really interesting because I know a lot of the fandom may have seen that as like a romantic overprotecting, but in my mind, I saw it like they have been traveling together as partners with everybody else for so long that I saw them as like brother and sister. So that's I'm... why they were so. Okay, okay. It's just me trying not to make things romantic, maybe then, but because I'm I tired think... of romantic subplots. I, think, I don't know if... I th- I'm pretty sure it was romantic, at least on Raptor's part. 
if you've ever seen the uh, the little Henshin course episodes they did on YouTube, she definitely has feelings for him. Oh, I did not see those. And I, I feel like throughout the show, you could kind of see that um, Spada's, like the way he protects her and wants to protect her. He's definitely, he definitely has feelings for her. Like, for example, stip, skipping ahead, the, when I know, we get, we yes. get well, yeah, we get um, <laughs> Tsurugi, you know, is introduced. And he basically takes Spada and uh, Raptor on another quest to find, I think, one of the Argo uh, spheres. Mm-hmm. And then he's like talking to to Raptor, and Spada's like way down, like around the corner. And then she, he all of a sudden stops talking, and he's looking at her. And he like basically moves close to her, closer, closer, and basically corners her to a wall. And starts listening to her gears because he says he hears something <laughs> wrong with her gears. Oh. But then Spada walk, comes around the corner and he sees her. It basically looks like she, they're kissing. And he, yeah, yeah. And he freaks out. Blood curdling scream ever. <laughs> I've never heard someone scream like, scream like that before. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I guess, I guess to me in that scene, I was like, oh, like, you know, Raptor and Spada are like best friends. And this random guy that they just <laughs> met is being yeah. that way. But... I get it. It's just me trying not to, trying not to think of romantic subplots because I get so tired of them in Sentai sometimes. Yeah, but do they um, happen a lot in Sentai? I feel like they don't. They happen enough for me to not mm. like them. <laughs> um, I also feel like those two definitely have. If it's not romantic, they do have like a much stronger connection than a lot of other rangers because Spada was actually the very first Q ranger. Yeah. Well. Tsurugi was, but like, you know, modern day, Spada was the first Q-Ranger, so he and Raptor traveled together for a very, very long time. See, that's why I thought it wasn't, like, romantic. I thought it was like they've been, you know, traveling together the longest compared to everybody else. So they just have, like, a, you know, a a best BFF connection or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) I'm trying to see it in the most innocent way, you guys. (laughs) <laughs> well, to be fair, I, I feel like their feelings for each other are rather innocent because it's like it, they don't push that narrative of them being a romantic couple. Like it's not yeah. like it's not like a focus at any point. It's just kind of things that they put in throughout the show to be like, oh, maybe they kind of have feelings for each other, but they've just never really uh, expressed it. Or an element of their character rather than like. Who they are, I think. Who they are, yeah. Which I very much appreciate that. It gets really tiresome to see that as, you know, a, a female character's yeah. main yeah, yeah, yeah. personality and main plot, so. Also, you would figure it would be Hammy that has the romantic subplot, because she's the only... Uh, human? Well, not human, human, yeah. Not human, but yeah, like, yeah. Well, the, yeah, like, as far as, like, a human... Uh, Flesh and blood. Flesh yeah. and blood. <laughs> that's, that's what I meant. Uh, that didn't happen, so that's I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I have my qualms about how little Happy they focused job. on her, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> if we also want to mention her, like super quick, uh, mm-hmm. so Raptor was actually played by a past Sentai actress. Yes, oh, Mao Ichimi yep. Mao. Go Yellow. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was very happy that she came back because she 
has become such a hit voice actress in the industry right now. I swear to God, every anime I've watched for like the last few years, she is at least voicing one or two characters even. <laughs> it's crazy. So it's it's so great to have her back. I was actually hoping, like I love the voice cast for the show, but I was really hoping they took that approach with other, uh, some of the other like masked rangers, like, bring back old cast members who are maybe are a little too old to do action regularly, but like, you know, have them voice a character. That would have been a lot of fun. That would have been fun. But yeah. to be, but on the flip side, I love the fact that Solid Snake is Oshi Black. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. We had fantastic uh, voice actors for yeah. the non-humans or the, the, the more, uh, the Freaking, animal slash robots that we had on the team. <laughs> I will. I will never get over the fact that Balance is um, be, uh, Belial. Yeah, I, that is the craziest <laughs> stuff. Like I cannot believe it to this day. He's that such. Dude, he's got such good range. Yeah, it's ridiculous. How do you go from that in the same season? I know. <laughs> so it's crazy. As far as like other characters they've played. Uh, my favorite is the fact that uh, Garu's voice actor played one of the main Digimon in the fifth season of Digimon. Uh, mm-hmm. He was named Galmon, and uh, you can take a moment to look up Galmon, or you know, like that. Just I love how it sort of came full circle for full circle for him. <laughs> yeah, Garumon seriously, or Galmon. Galmon. Yeah, yeah. How do you spell that. Oh my god. It's just a blue dog. It's another yep. blue dog. <laughs> How do you spell it? G-A-O. G-A-O. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's perfect. Wow. That's typecasting. He can only voice yeah. act uh, blue <laughs> dogs now. <laughs> also, as far as like uh, suit acting, we did have people come back to Sentai for that for this in a way, right? Like people who haven't Oshi, been here in a while. Yeah, like Oshi Black was um uh Jiro Okamoto. 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 So he was last uh Shinken Gold, I think. Ooh. And, uh, and um Balance Balance, um, yeah. His, that was voice, his suit actor was like hasn't well he mostly played female Rangers mm-hmm. and he hasn't played a female Ranger since like Car. He hasn't what played a ranger since Car Ranger. Car Ranger, yeah. So that's crazy. I think so that I, that goes to credit to because Fukuzawa was the action director for Q Ranger, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that that's one hundred percent like the the credit of him to be able to, you know, direct these suit actors who have done such you know variety of roles and some that haven't done anything in a while. In a while, to be, yeah. yeah. To be able to create the scenes and like choreography that we had throughout the show it was beautiful the fight scenes of the show were always really good really good yeah it was also really um, interesting to get a a new guy in the role of red um yeah just for some backstory for the longest time maybe for like 10 years straight you had the same dude as red so that was Fukuzawa. then he becomes action director and then you get someone else who is supposed to like take his place as a new red actor, but he's because he was blue for a long time, right? No, he was like Gokai Blue I and don't... Uh... yes, maybe. And I think he was 
uh, he was like, uh, I think it was Shinken Blue. He was also uh, Ghost Say Black. Because Fukuzawa was blue. Yes. I feel like he was always like the, the other dude like the that was Take, Takeuchi. Yeah, he was never, he was the one that was, there was always Fukuzawa, Takeuchi, and then this the guy. Was Takeuchi. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, yeah, so we had this other dude replace Fukuzawa for three years, and then he retires, and then you have the new guy come in with uh, uh, Ninja, and he's there for two years, and then suddenly you get a new guy as Shishi Red. So it was really interesting to me that, you know, for 10 years, you had the same guy as Red. And then after that, you, can't, you just can't hold on to a dude as Red for longer than three years. <laughs> yeah, which, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I kind of I like it because it gives uh, stunt actors, you know, more opportunities to be, you know, the lead or yeah. to have different worlds. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can um, agree to that. As much as I love the experience that like Fukuzawa brings and Takeuchi mm-hmm. brings, I think it was good that we had someone newer ish for uh, yeah for mm-hmm. Q Ranger. Yeah, because like yeah, it was, it was you could definitely see the energy in the way that they acted compared to like like for example when uh, in Ninja it was we had a, like two new Reds, I believe. And it was just there was so much energy in the in the action, and you can see that a lot here with uh, Shishi Red. Yeah, where you just got a lot of energy, and, and for someone playing Lucky, you kind of have to have a lot of energy. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah, that was it was really like they had a good cast this time around, and there's a lot of new ones. Like I think uh, Kajiki Yellow is brand new to Sentai or something like that. Um, I'm not. Let's see. He was Bungly in uh, Jewelger. Ah, uh, okay. I think, yeah, I think that was his first time as an actual ranger. As a though. ranger, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's very exciting, though, because I, I feel like when you bring in somebody that's not actually, or has not actually been part of, like, the, the main ranger cast, it's mm. finally their time to shine, so they can bring, you know, their A game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, like, uh, dude who played... Heavy Sky Silver, he's been in Sentai for a very long time, but he's only ever played monsters. Really? So, yeah, that was his very first time as a as a ranger. Oh, that's very interesting because I I really felt like the movements that Heavy Sky Silver would have that makes a lot of sense now. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. I did not know that. That's really cool. That just blew um... my mind. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get through some of these. Uh, get back to these arcs. We need to talk about some stories, man. <laughs> All right, so, so moving on. Uh, yeah, because the first arc is just you know introducing everyone. Uh, what's the next arc? The Earth Salvation arc, and this one goes from episodes six to twelve. Um, and this is basically them uh, after they've assembled everyone, basically coming back to Earth because uh, it's be it's has a heavy present presence of. Uh, Dark matter. Yeah, like the way they describe it is like it has a secret. A secret. And um, <laughs> I know going into this arc, I was actually disappointed because those first five episodes have the show out in space on different planets. And Sentai doesn't do that. So yeah. it, was, it was super cool to get like the space Sentai that is actually in space. 
and then this arc happens and i'm like really disappointed thinking it's gonna spend the rest of the show in space i mean on earth so luckily that that did not happen yeah i appreciate yeah i appreciated (laughs) that because i knew at some point they they were gonna have to tie this back to earth but i was really like okay please don't spend the entire rest of the show here let's you know explore the universe way more please (laughs) yeah 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 um and this is also the arc where we get uh scorpio uh yes no 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 I feel like Scorpio was introduced in... No, you're right, you're right, you're right. Never mind. So, yeah, this arc gives us Scorpio, and it gives us Kotaro. No, 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 no. Kotaro is in... You know, just continue. I'm I'm wrong. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about it. What what did you guys think of this this arc of them coming back to Earth and, you know, investigating uh, what dark matter is pretty much up to and also um getting around to stinger you know finally being a part of the team after um while he's dealing with his brother and all that i think it was interesting to have such like a brooding ranger that just did not want to be a part of the team like was really focusing on something super personal to him before Mm -hmm. he would feel comfortable joining the Q Rangers completely. I did like any time we saw Scorpio and that whole arc with him and his brother. I really like how that was done and I definitely definitely liked the ending of it. It was very emotional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I also like that it's not just a story of uh Stinger and Scorpio, but it also has to do with um Champ Champ, yes. Champ's, uh, Champ's professor, the person, the person who created him, um, was killed by someone of the Scorpio tribe or family or whatever. But for a long time, he thought. I think he thought it was Stinger, right? Yeah. For realizing that no, this wasn't like that wasn't really the case. You know, he didn't see the whole story. Um, it introduced Colorado, the art. It did. Um, but not like, as a... No, yes, as a ranger. I thought we saw him first as just a character, and then, like... Oh, no, yeah, as a character, but, like, in this arc, he also transformed. He... Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and he was my favorite part of the show, so, like, I was really happy with that. And He's I, such a cutie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was, and he's like not annoying. <laughs> yeah, dude. He dude. wasn't. Yeah. I was really surprised at how early he was introduced in the show. Um, mm-hmm. He's basically there from like episode five. I didn't expect him to come back, honestly, as a ranger. Yeah, I, people kept saying that. Oh, he's wearing blue. He's going to be a ranger. And I'm just, no, that's that's Fuck, way too that obvious. Can't be. <laughs> yeah. Bam, ranger. Yep. And it's all, it just, yeah, I love that he has this older brother relationship with, uh, with Stinger. Hmm. And then that just grows into, like, a friendship between him, Stinger, and Champ. Yep. And, uh, Ah, this arc also gives us, uh, Shoal becoming a ranger, which. Yep. Yeah. His backstory. And he's, oh, it's just so cool. 
He is. He really is. And I really enjoyed his backstory. And when he yeah. finally got to be a Q Ranger, I was just like, yay, show Rumpo. <laughs> and I love that his uh, his mech is like a callback to Die Ranger. Yeah. Yes. With the Rear Ranger, like, in, like, flying in the sun. They didn't do that enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I kind of wish they did that a bit more. It's like, you took the time to do this really cool effect. At least use it more. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, really cool to get him as a ranger. Like, So we get, obviously we get scans and stuff, and we know what these what the suits are going to look like beforehand. But in the episode where he transforms for the first time, he's wearing a suit that is not the suit we had seen. Um, and that was actually because... The first suit he wears is a retooled Tokyo suit. Huh. Wait. Yeah. I, I did not realize that. Uh-huh. Seriously? Yeah, it's a retooled Tokyo suit. I need to. Hold on. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. So I think Ryu. We're probably going to have to edit just a little bit of this out. Yeah. So Ryu Violet, I think, is his name. Wait, that looks like a Photoshop photo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, how? There was a purple Tokija. Right. So it's the exact same suit with chest armor. So they just took the spandex. They took the spandex, they took the boots, they took the belt, they took the gloves. Oh, right, he does have white boots and gloves. Yeah. Oh, dear God. (laughs) (laughs) Dear God. (laughs) That's... Oh, I did not. Re- You're right. I did not realize that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the belt is a yeah. They cover, wow. they just use the star instead of the yep. T uh, T A G. Yeah. So yeah, it was really cool that his backstory went as far as giving him a different suit. Yeah. And I love how you know that two parter ends with him rushing straight at the enemy with this explosion going on and like you know that him transforming is dangerous or something yeah so he had a like he's a character that has been around for like nine or ten episodes at this point but they still go out of their way to give him two really solid focus episodes yeah yeah also he has an awesome pimp cane pimp cane <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to have that so badly like a real like one to one scale of it <laughs> <laughs> that would be the dopest thing in the world. I wouldn't even cosplay. I would just wear that. I Me would just too. Have that. And just yeah. walk around with it. I mean, it. he's got the pimp jacket too. <laughs> yeah, technical. He does. Oh, I mean, he'd be like Kramer walking around with a technical <laughs> coat. Oh my god, I do love that coat though. Can I? Yeah, I just want to talk about his design in particular. The amount of details that were done in just his civilian form. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, he's. And there's so much going on. It lends itself so well to the sort of character he is. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, like I know we're so we skipped over this part, but from back from the first arc during his introduction, you know, like Raptor introduces him as this scary commander, and he walks in. It's a little slow motion. There's ominous music, and like everyone's looking up at him all nervously, and he's just like, "Hello, everybody!" <laughs> yeah, and like you immediately know what kind of character he's gonna be. Oh yeah, and then he does, and then he does the the Q roulette or Q let, mm, Q let the, like the chance, the yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> he has a whole dance number. I love it. When that was first introduced, I was like, this guy is going to be awesome. I, yeah. Raptor is just like pure annoyance at it. Like she's clapping along, but like it's like, <laughs> okay, okay, can you hurry up, please? Yeah, she's the only one that can yell at him. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. And that's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, this Sentai is not fantastic at giving characters in suits really detailed personalities, but I think at least with Shoal, they really, really, they really nailed that. Yeah. Yeah, that's just good writing, good acts, suit acting, good voice acting. It's just, it all came together for him. Yeah. So those are the major beats for oh, yeah. the story arc. Yep. Uh, the next one is the Argos Battleship Revival. It's episodes thirty, no, episodes thirteen to twenty-one, and this one covers a ton of stuff. Yes, it does. Because we also get basically we get the end of Scorpio. Like we get that conclusion. Um, what else do we get? We get the whole like Android nineteen moment, Android sixteen moment, rather. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, I love that because I think that's the really the best way you could conclude the whole story arc or the story beat rather of Champ not trusting Stinger at all. It's like mm -hmm. when they first meet, they're, they're fighting each other, but here we are like 10 episodes later, he literally gives his life to save this guy that he used to hate with a passion. Yeah. I know, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. They're killing off a ranger. But Yeah, that was a happy moment. Yeah, that I was, mean, I really was like, I wish this was not like like airing so I could binge watch <laughs> to see what happens next, exactly. you know? Yeah, and it was, for me at least, I just loved how it put Stinger in this place of conflict because earlier on, he's like, you see that he really is the quintessential little brother. He wants to believe in his older brother. He wants to believe that Scorpio's not a bad guy. But here mm. he's put in this place of like, you know, like, okay, this is my brother just killed this dude who used to hate me. So like, what do I do? Who am I supposed to align myself with? And right. there's great conflict going on with the character in that, in that arc. Yeah, that's when I think Stinger became definitely a very well-developed character was towards the end of that arc as well but that was the turning point for him yeah i think that's when he sort of became the fan favorite for sure oh yeah the ladies yeah. loved him after that <laughs> you know how hard it is to find merch of him nowadays oh my god yeah i bet i mean yeah dude was so popular he got his own movie like that's he did. never yeah. happened in Sentai. Did did it fall between this arc or was it one of the later arcs that I think it, it was a later arc. I think it yeah, maybe the, it, the second one after this. I believe it's supposed to take place before um Champ gets blown up. Really? Because mm. I think cause, uh what's his uh Scorpio's still around. Yes, you're right. Uh, it was yeah. while they were trying to find him. Yep, yep. Okay. Our buddy Tom was in that too. Yeah, he was a bit yeah. of a mean guy in that one. Yeah, he got he got killed. He, he did. Got his man. He <laughs> did. That, that was karma. Hey man, it's continuing the legacy of Tom and Sentai and Kamen Rider. Just, just that one white guy. That one white guy. 
Anywho, yeah, so this episode, this arc, yeah, had the Stinger, what was it called? Episode of Stinger? Yes. yes. So yeah, like that's never happened in Sentai before, and I kind of wish we got more of them, because I think I would have benefited characters like Hammy, or Spada especially. See, I would have loved to have got, gotten a Hammy one, because like, Ugh. she's she's a shinobi. Come on, let's, let's have more of that. I want to see her like actually be like a ninja. A ninja. I yeah. know. Okay, I'm going to go on a rant for a second. I was extremely upset by the lack of character development for Hammy. So by this mm. point, I believe we had the second episode that talked about like how she talked to her teacher because she saw dark matter or something along those lines. So we had that episode. But later on, we get like nothing. Besides the yeah. Minati episode, which wasn't even really about her that much. It was more about Minati and saving him. And, ah, that's my rant. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I feel like they, okay, I got to word this carefully. Because obviously, you know, she, the character can be multifaceted. She can be a serious ninja, but still be like a fan of this pop star. Yeah. But I feel like they pivoted the whole, her character into is a pop star fan as like her main thing they did by the end of it they did i i feel like they mentioned her love for like him and i understand it helped her through really tough times and i i like that you know that bit of it but i mm-hmm. just was like can you talk about your shinobi training or something like that like tell me more about that that is really interesting and how she you know even how she became like a Q Ranger and what that like initial, you know, like how she initially got all that stuff. I don't know. Just drove me nuts. I mean, they've talked. I about, love they, her. They have maybe one line of her talking about training. As yeah. A Shinobi. But it's like freaking Shinobi star. Like, I know. Like, that's like the coolest star. <laughs> I thought so too. And I, next to Raptor, her suit was my favorite. Oh my mm. god. Because I love those little, like, chameleon buns that were on her hair. It was so like cool. She was the first female green. I yeah. know. Official female green. And she was awesome, but we never got a good story for her. I was so mad. I kind of, I kind of feel like her fighting style wasn't fully realized as well. Like, I feel like they could have used her chameleon abilities better better i agree they yeah. have been very fights. yeah they it, it, they barely used it to begin with and it just mm. like she just uh guys guys i love hammy but i'm so mad at what happened with her yeah we need we need a we need a hammy episode of uh shinobi <laughs> episode of shinobi episode of hammy you know <laughs> i mean she yeah. is gonna be in this the the space squad movie but yeah she seems to be well yeah like the whole plot is predicated around her doing something that makes people think she's a felon yeah and, and i wonder she, like wearing all black yep. yeah, yeah. that she, means evil she, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I feel like they're just gonna relegate that to like somebody brainwashed her and now she's doing those things instead of like maybe having a decent story but, it's gonna be like the yeah. Q Ranger, no, not Q, the Kyoryuger evil. Movie. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's basically what that's um, gonna be. Yeah, I feel like her and 
spada as far as like the face actors got the short end of the stick yeah which by the end of it i really loved spada because he was just he's not all you know he he's goofy and he's the chef but there was so much like personality that he had i wanted to know where it came from his family okay oh can you oh oh Mm. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yes so fun fact (laughs) there was one of the drama CDs for uh, Q-Ranger actually reveals that he has eight brothers and sisters. Whoa. Is he the as well as... I don't think he's the youngest. Mm. Um, but he also has, you know, his mom, his dad, his grandparents, and they're all named characters. And I would like to read some of their names. Please do. So... Spada's true name in kanji means super brazen. Um, his grandparents are named Suji and Subaba from Oji and Baba. His mom and dad are named Subapa and Sumama. <laughs> um, some one of his sisters is named Spammy. Are are what? I'm being <laughs> yep, Spammy. Um, he has another. Uh, he has another sister named Spaco, who has children named Spice, Spam, and Spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti. I mean, I like spaghetti, but not that much. <laughs> so yeah, I felt like I had to mention those names in particular. By the way, Thank how you. Did you. How did you bring that up so fast? Look, I got. I had this ready. Okay. I knew we were going to talk about Q-Ranger. <laughs> I wanted to mention this because I feel like not enough people know about it. Yeah, yeah. We doing, did cover it on on the site when it was first announced, but there wasn't too much about like what stories were on it. So that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, this show is so good with like ancillary material. Which I appreciate, but I do wish that we could have gotten more of Spada in this yeah. main story. Like he... He felt like he could have used the most range. Like he, he felt like an actor who could do both the serious and the goofy and the like eccentric. Like he could do all of it, but I just feel like they didn't really use him enough. I agree. Yeah. He, I think he was one of the more experienced actors out of all of them. Yeah, so I think he's twenty six. Yeah, he's older. Yeah, he. I think he's twenty six or so. So he's older than them. I think he's done. A, a decent amount of acting gigs before this compared to the rest of them so it was just disappointing also it was dude is actually seems really athletic because the few times you get to see him fight like he's doing a lot of his own stuff and he's doing a lot of like complicated things i'm just like oh we could have had more can we, can we have like an episode of spot now too yeah <laughs> episode of spot like, pro tip that guy is pretty ripped too that he yeah. he doesn't get the shirtless scenes and shirtless magazine shoots like a stinger and lucky do but spot us ripped yeah there are you know like those cast magazine photo shoots and um dude 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 dude's got an ass that cannot be <laughs> i have that book i have that hero vision book specifically because i swear to god he has the biggest butt i've ever seen i was like this has to be photoshopped this yes, has to be, yes. but I'm just like that is thick, you know. <laughs> I have it upstairs. I swear to God, you guys. 
<laughs> it's like uh, it's, it's kind of hard to miss during the show, even so. <laughs> I mean, There's probably a cucumber or two in there. Oh! <laughs> two specifically. <laughs> oh my god. It's just I, funny. No, I'm not going to go there. I didn't want to call it thick, but I'm glad someone did. <laughs> no, this is, I usually don't ever use that word, but it, it, his butt deserved it. <laughs> oh my god. Do you want to go to the next arc? <laughs> <laughs> no, we just got a spot as Did um... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! This is why you guys can't have me on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you've been the last. Um, okay, so like the one thing we didn't address is just like the conclusion to uh, uh, Scorpio as a character, right? By the way, so, played by the guy who's um, what's his name in the, in, in Dime? Crap, I'm blanking on his name. Takatora. Takatora, yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, he's got bad luck playing older brothers. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's very good. Best. Yeah, I was really surprised that they wrapped up his story in the way that they did. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking... So, like, yeah, like the whole thing is, you know, he sort of sacrificing, sacrificing himself towards the end. But I kept thinking, like, this is a ploy for something, right? He's not actually going to do this, right? They're going to, like, double process. And no, like, they gave him a noble death. They did. And I think that's what made it so emotional. Because, you know, we kind of saw him being extremely ruthless before then. Yeah. And I was really surprised how many times he would, like, kind of trick stinger into making him think like oh i've changed my mind or oh i was doing this to backstab the dark matter and then it's not true he's just messing with stinger yeah he really is just a dick but that that last part i i I cried during that episode to be honest it was really good wasn't it him seeing how stinger treated um ah crap what's his name uh, color. Ooh. Give us a color. Kotaro. Uh, Kotaro, yeah. Like seeing how he treated Kotaro, didn't that kind of change him a little bit? I think so. Yeah, let's also talk about Kotaro in this art. Um, dude became one of my favorite characters with this with this set of episodes. Mm-hmm. I particularly like. I'm always gonna love the line that was like, what was it? Like, yeah, like. You know, uh, like Kotaro saying he wants to be the sort of uh, brother that his own little brother can be proud of because Stinger is the sort of older brother that Kotaro is proud of. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, y'all gonna make me cry. Kotaro (laughs) showed a lot of maturity in this arc, and I thought that was really great. We don't see that often, especially from kid characters in any toku show. That's not like, you know, it's just, I I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, and this gave me one of my favorite scenes, I think in all of Sentai, actually. Uh, it was, well, it's the, it's the bit where they're, you know, where, uh, why do I keep on, Scorpio is, like, calling the rangers to meet him at this place. Mm. And they're walking through this crowd, and they're basically being stoned (laughs) as they're walking. Yeah, And, like, I don't know, it's just really intense to see them having to fight for these people that absolutely hate them. 
And there's just this moment where Coltado looks so sad. He's like, I'm so ashamed to be an earthling. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And that was that was something that gave Kotaro such a good dynamic because he really felt the effects of like what the dark matter has done to people on his own planet. And I think that is the best way to do a kid ranger. You place him in this situation where he feels out of his depth, but he's got a good actor behind him and he doesn't feel like a whiny kid. He feels like he's like actually lost at a loss for what to do. And you have these elder characters around him who are wanting to guide him. And I think that really, really pushed his character in a fantastic direction. Yeah. I wonder if he saw himself a bit in the the crowd, like before becoming, like, I wonder if he ever felt the same way that the crowd did before he became a key ranger. I'm sure maybe he felt some despair in the beginning. They don't really, I don't think they ever really mentioned anything like that during the show, but we can Mm. speculate. Yeah. I think what makes him special is that from the very first moment, he is exactly the type of person you want to be a Q-Ranger. Like, he is a rebel. He's like, when the adults are scared, he's the kid that would throw rocks at these monsters. (laughs) Yeah. He's like the kid that would be totally okay befriending someone like Steger. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He was so brave in that regard. So Yeah, like, I feel like because of that, he is. He wants to believe everybody else can be as brave as he can. And Lucky just straight up says that, like, they're scared. That's just. That's normal. They're scared. That's okay. We're going to save them. Mm-hmm. Also, at that point, dude, Lucky. Freaking Lucky. Oh, he finally he, got better. Oh. He, dude, like, just improved so much throughout the show. I, what happened? <laughs> I was I was dead set, like, convinced that I was going to hate him throughout the whole show. He was going to be another Takaharu. Yeah. And nope, he, he, he turned, I don't know if it was just the actor got more comfortable in the role, if they just, they had more story for him and they just, I don't know what happened, but it was like a perfect storm of him just getting more comfortable and better, better as an actor and the story really lending itself to him growing. And it's just, yeah, he became such a good Red Ranger. He did. He did. And I finally stopped being annoyed when he said Yosha Lucky because they finally were giving him a good storyline. I I really think it came down to, like, I think the actor finally got comfortable in the role because I, mm. I really feel like I don't usually, I'm not usually able to point this out, but like, especially in that first episode, I I think he was really nervous and he was just really stiff. So I think he got better. We also Mm -hmm. said Yosha Lucky like 15 times. Oh, I know. I was like, no, stop. Don't do that. I think this is also the, is this the episode where like he gets, or the arc rather, where he gets one episode where it's about him being unlucky for once? Yeah, I think it is. Let's see. Either way, I what I liked about I think it was by this point that I realized it too, it's that his whole like Yosha Lucky everything's gonna work out mentality is not written off as him just being stupid. It's like he feels positive, he feels optimistic because of the people who are around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so like 
they take what could have been a really, really annoying character trait into this guy who absolutely trusts the people he's around, and that's like something you need if you're trying to save the universe. Oh, absolutely. And I think maybe this was around the point where they gave like more story to Lucky's dad and his like what has happened in his home world. So I thought that was a good point for Lucky to finally become a better character, a better red. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like that he. There was a lot of moments where he would be talking one on one with one of the Q Rangers about some kind of dilemma or conflict that they were up against. And yeah, his positive demeanor was. It was less about him being like, oh, everything's going to be okay. It was more like, everything's going to be okay because I know you and I know what's going to happen. Like, I know how you're going to, you're going to pull through. Like, he was giving people support in a way that you'd like a leader to give support to their team yeah he stepped up to that role yeah and he's he's like i'm not lucky because i'm lucky i'm lucky because the people around me are great (laughs) i absolutely love that approach yeah Yeah. so good yeah yeah i've never turned around on a character so much as (laughs) me too me too oh my god man this is a beefy arc this is still the uh this is still the Argo one? Or is that the next one? No, this is the Argo one. So this is, uh, isn't this the one where they're trying to... They're going after the three... Uh, the, yeah, the K- three... Uh, Kitamas to summon Argo. Yep. So did they, they don't get it in this one, though, do they? Yes, they get it at the very tail end of... The very... Like, the last episode is a split between... Oh, Scorpio. Climb, yeah. Yep, and uh, Sudugi coming back. Right. Also, there were some really good scenes in uh, when they actually bring back Tsurugi. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say they were inside like of a, a church or something. Like because like in real life, they were probably filming inside of a church. But there is some really good lighting going on when uh, they're facing Sudu. Uh, yeah, Tsurugi, Like you know when he's got the long hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was just, one of my favorite episodes, just because of how well shot it was. And of course, yeah, Surumi's awesome. So that was real moody. Yeah, moody. That's like the yeah. word I think. Like it's you have these bright, colorful Sentai suits, but the lighting and the atmosphere just feels Dead. it lends itself to more gravitas. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then we get the next arc where we get introduced to Surugi proper, and boy, is that dude a character! <laughs> oh my god, he became like my favorite person in the show. Holy crap. I mean, maybe it was because, you know, he burns off his hair and he's freaking shirtless when we first see him. I mean, that that helps, but the way he kind of developed and really became part of the team was so good for like uh, a quote-unquote sixth ranger. Mm. Totally agree. Yeah, he's like I thought I wouldn't like him because he was so freaking arrogant. Like he always said "ore sama," and he always um, talked about him being a legend, like his legend being a thing. And but then you realize, well, he was a legend. <laughs> like, he, well, yeah, <laughs> he was the freaking president of the universe. <laughs> yeah, he has a reason to be so arrogant. Yeah. I just loved oh. his personality. It's, for me, it's hard because I don't always like Six Rangers in the shows. Like, the only other Six Ranger I've really loved besides Surugi is Gokai Silver. But I just love when they have 
very distinct personalities like that. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's hard for me. Like, I, I always want to say, like, he's maybe my favorite character, but I don't think he is. I think he has the best design of every any character in the show. Oh, like his, my God, yes. Both his, like, both his, like, Q-Ranger suit, like, his Q-Ranger suit is my favorite. Oh, my God, me too. Of. But I also just like that he still carries his sword and shield around even when he's not even, transformed. Yeah. And he also has that dope cape, uh, coat, which is, like, awesome. The dope coats. Oh, my God. This show is really good with coats. Yeah. Really, like, like, even um, Lucky's coat that he gets later yeah. on, it kind of looks like Gara. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It do- That's what I thought, too, honestly, with both of their coats. I was like, this is very, like... Garo inspired. I was like, Kate Tama Mia, are you, are you like uh, influencing the show with like your costume designers or something like that? It was really I cool. Like it. Yeah. Uh, I, but I, I, just, I don't know who definitively who's my favorite character of Ranger. There's like, it's up in the air. <laughs> so I don't know. But Surugi is just, he's just a different kind of character altogether. He's he so kind of reminds me of Mega Silver. A little bit, because Mega Silver was also kind of arrogant. Um, even though we didn't see much of him, he was like an arrogant older brother kind of thing. Yeah, I haven't seen Mega Ranger, but I, I kind of I think I like the descriptor of like arrogant older brother because he did kind of become that way later on. I don't think it really developed in this arc Not for this everybody, arc, no. but later on in the show it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I believe this arc we also see, let's see, this is the one where um, Naga becomes evil, right? No. So this arc specifically is the Tsurugi Otobi arc. So it's episodes 22 to 25. Damn. Okay. So it's strictly about his mentality going from like, be my shield to I'll become a shield. Yeah. And that uh, was really nice. Yeah. Wait, he wasn't becoming the shield. I thought... Uh, Lucky was going to be. He was basically kind of Lucky's shield. Like the way yeah. he wanted mm, to be right. his shield to, you know, help the Q Rangers. So I really like that because yeah. he, he still has his arrogant attitude throughout the show, even after that, but it still was all for the team. Yeah. That's another thing of Lucky, you know, you know, reasoning with someone and, you know, making them a part of the team by saying, by. I guess by well the thing is like you can't really tell Surugi his worth because that's all he talks about is his worth. Well, yeah. <laughs> so it was more about flipping it around and showing him everyone else's worth. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and I think that was when I started to really like Lucky was he was mm-hmm. showing Surugi everybody else's worth and why you should fight with them instead of just us fighting with you. Right. Mm-hmm. So this was yeah. It was a pretty short arc. So it was. Oh, also, yes, he this... has he has my favorite mech. I think I've seen in a while. Oh my god! Yes, that mech is awesome. See, I that's why he's so a fave of mine because he got like really great designs overall. You know what? I think I'm gonna agree with you. <laughs> everything <laughs> I say about it's like he has the coolest this. He has the coolest that. It's like. Well, then he's the coolest. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But I, agree. I also like Lucky's also up there because, I mean, I just, no one's ever changed that drastically in a show before. Yeah. And I just, I can't, like, he just, he just so integral to the show, but in a meaningful way. So, yeah. I guess 
just read Rangers are my favorite in this show. Yeah, see? Well, he had two, so. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, yeah, the next arc is called the Time Travel Arc. This goes Dear from God. episodes 26 to 31, and it covers. Uh, yeah, so it covers the team going back in time and Naga becoming evil. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really touched on the villains much yet. That's because there's not a whole lot to them. Yeah, um, yeah we basically, for a while, we had two um, sort of henchmen villains who kept popping up. One um, stuck around a lot longer than she needed to, and she became weird. Oh, God. Really she, oh, my God. Why? <laughs> Just that's what I say to Madako. I yeah. disliked her so much. It, yeah, yeah, it was. She was not a great part of the show. Like every time she died, like she, yeah, she had multiple lives, so she'd come back and have different personalities, and it was that weird. was confusing. Like I couldn't figure out, I couldn't figure her out the whole time. Like every time I, even if I like waited a few weeks and then binge watched like a few episodes, I just I couldn't tell what her character was. And it's like she kept dying. She comes back. She either she just became more crazy every time she was re- resurrected. It felt like. Yeah, I really didn't like the episode where they made her personality like the weird fangirl over like everyone the the different Q Rangers. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like that what the I'm I'm I really did not like Monaco. Like there are some really great female villains that Sentai has had. Like um I'm so blanking on her name. Is it Daya from Shinkenger? Like she Dayu, Dayu. Yeah. She is my favorite female villain next to melee of all time but yeah. monaco was like I, I just was so disappointed in that not only design but you know she wasn't that great to begin with with her like powers and stuff like that i just was like come on you guys can do way better yeah i feel like they dropped the ball on her and the uh the Ika, the squid dude i forget his name Everyone forgets his name. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about him actually until you mentioned yeah. his name. I forgot he was even in there. Mm. I, yeah, I think they quickly realized Madako was more popular than Squid Dude. Oh God, I just Plus, can we just like not have like a Sentai villainess have a G string in the future, please? I was ju- you read my mind <laughs> that painted on thong pissed me off so much i understand maybe you want a character that has like you know maybe their personality is about embracing their sexuality or whatever but god damn it she was just a squid sure an octopus or whatever you did not need to paint a freaking thong on her i just hated that so much and then the little like sheer cover-up that she had i was like this is just awful and this is like the worst female monster design they've ever done in my book did she have boob missiles (laughs) no that was the other (laughs) no Um, no boob missiles not this time i want to say that was like i can never say this villain's name right a kiam someone help me a kiambo or a a kiambu or something like that her the one with like horns coming out of her boobs. Yes, I remember that one. Oh, okay. basically the one who turned Naga evil. Right. Okay. I didn't like her either. Oh. So yeah, quick mention about those three. Um, so they come with uh, 
So in this arc, we get three new generals, and they're all voiced by previous Sentai actors. Really? Huh? All three of them are our previous Sentai, like actual rangers. Oh, I didn't know that. So, uh, let me pull it up real quick. We're going to have to edit this part out because it's going on longer. Okay, cool. So, yeah, they're voiced by... So, Akiamba is voiced by Arisa Komiya, who was Yellow Buster. Mm. So, I think that's why she's stuck around the longest. Um, What's his face is... I forget his name. But one of them was voiced by uh, a Kaku Ranger. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, right. I is it uh, um, Kukuga or Tetsu? Tetsu, I believe is yeah. Tetsu was voiced by a Kaku Ranger, and then Kukuga was voiced by oh Saizo. Oh crap! Yeah, Saizo. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yeah, uh, other dude was voiced by one of the Denjimon. Whoa. See, I love that. Yeah, it was a great usage of past uh, of past talent. Yeah, I mean, it would have been cool to kind of have them as like the main like rangers, but yeah. because, only because like the villains kind of fell flat in this arc in most arcs. But still, that's really cool. Yeah, I feel like that's the one weak point. One of the weak points of Q Rangers that the villains, outside of like Don Aramage, who still is kind of well, we get to him. Yeah. Yeah, still we'll a little iffy. Yeah, but they weren't like it was less about the villains though, I believe. It was more about a general threat and then having this team come together to face the threat. But I just would have loved if that threat had a bit more character. Yeah. But, yeah. It wasn't as bad as like Gokaiger. Huh. <laughs> for sure, but yeah. It could have um, been better. So let's see. This arc set up Naga becoming evil in the that episode where they go to the, the planet that's basically a clock. Mm. And that's one of my favorite episodes in the entire show. It's a... Go ahead. Yeah, it's a Kotaro episode, so it's you know, him. So the, the basically the thing is that they need to turn this dial mm-hmm. to be able to get, I think, a Kyutama. Oh, yeah, this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my and God. And by, Oof. to turn the dial, you basically have to face something, like a a past connection you have. So you see, I think, pretty much everybody, like, facing a past, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, like Shoal had to deal with, he had to, like, face his old commander. Mm-hmm. So you actually see him in, in his old training outfit. Yeah. Um, Quick, quick side note. I love this scene. It's uh, when Balance finds them, like they're drinking, and Sho invites them, and Balance is like, okay, yeah, but we gotta hurry up. And mm-hmm. so Balance takes a cup of sake, and like, you know, he tries to drink it, but he's a robot. So <laughs> it just dribbles down him. But I love that they added like the sound effect of the like sake just dribbling down him. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Was this the same episode with the raptor and. Was it? I don't know if it was this episode where, where it's the episode where like Raptor has to face something and it's like all the guys trying to win yep. her affection. Yeah, 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 yep, yeah. yeah. That was uh, out of all the serious moments that were happening in that episode. I really liked that little break right there, and I was like, Raptor, who are you gonna pick? <laughs> <laughs> what did Spada have? Um, 
I spot I had to deal. I think this is the one where Madako is like a fangirl. Oh, yep, yep. This is this is what I mentioned oh. on how I didn't like how they yeah. uh, made her in that episode. Mm. Uh, lucky the lucky deal with his father. I don't remember what Lucky had to deal with. I know Stinger had to deal with uh, Scorpio. Scorpio. Um, th- they set up Naga becoming evil here by, you know, him getting to the dial, and like there's nothing there because mm-hmm. basically what awaits them there is like one of like their deepest desires in their hearts. So he gets there. And, like, so Balance, you know, when he gets to his isle, Naga is there. When Balance gets Naga, Naga's just like, there's nothing here. Does that mean there's, does that mean, like, I have no heart? And, like, ah, yeah. It's just like a one off line, but it sets up the future so well. It does. Yeah. It does. And that that's where I started feeling like, oh, they're going to do something good with Naga. Yes. And they did. Yeah, they did. Um, but yeah, like, so, like, the main point of this episode is. Kotaro not wanting to turn in his dial because he's seeing like basically his mom for the last time. I know yeah. the poor child. Uh, Another episode that made me cry. Yeah. Oh, so good. So here you have pretty much another one of those episodes where it's like a little kid being forced to grow up. Yeah. And I don't remember like the exact details, but I remember Surugi was very, very supportive of Kotaro in this episode. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He really was. He was understanding of it all. And I think most of them did once they realized what was happening. But Surugi mm-hmm. was, from the beginning, very supportive. Yeah, and it was, it was so cool that like his arc is over, but he doesn't get pushed into the background really like and he's still, they're continuing the fact that he's gone from being arrogant to being supportive. And they played off each other very well. And yeah, it was just it was so heartbreaking to see Potato hug his mother. And like, I know. Uh, God, you're going to make me cry right now thinking about <laughs> it. It was so good. That was definitely a favorite episode for me. Uh, yeah, oh, you, yeah. Do, you, you uh, put a, a if, sad mother story in there and just like. Oh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's like the one good thing about Zio, Zio Ojo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, also, like, so his mom was actually played by a ranger. What? How did I not realize yes. that? Because she was only a ranger for like an hour. So <laughs> his mom is Neo Decagello. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that was, I think, the point where you see Kotaro really go from being like a little kid to realizing he has to make sacrifices and being ready to make those because he realizes he's basically got a new family at this point. Yeah, that, I mean, we already saw bits of that where he would take he took care of uh, Champ while he was being like re rebuilt, rebuilt. Yeah, so. You, what? Can we also address the fact that in that arc, they gave us like some super, super overt marketing and advertising by having those little stuffed animals? Oh my god. Team. Okay, I have Hammy up on my shelf right now. 
and I just love those freaking plushies so much. <laughs> oh, Stinger he, he is created so them while he was there, right? Yeah, Stinger created them while he was there. Wait, Stinger? I think it yep. was Stinger. Yeah, he 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 was there, but oh, okay. like Kotaro shows them off, being like, "Look what Stinger made!" Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they even play that up later on, where uh, Stinger is the one who made Lucky's jacket. Yeah, he's a, he's oh, a seamstress, right. man. <laughs> I loved yeah. it because I love those freaking plushes so much. And, and speaking <laughs> of which, Stinger is impossible to find, and if you do find Again. it, he's double the price now. Oof. It's bad. Oof. Wow. Trying to get a whole set is impossible. I tried. <laughs> uh, okay, so this lead, does this lead into? Uh, Evil Naga? Yes, this leads into the team being broken up into twos and one going to the future, one... One going to the past. Mm-hmm. Wait, oh, no, not future. One staying in the present, present. one going to the past. So yeah, basically we get Naga wanting to have a heart and mm. feeling like really... And it's like obvious to literally everyone else but him that he already has the emotions that he's looking for this hammy like I'm, one line I'm, I'm never gonna forget from her is her basically saying you know if you're feeling bad it's because you already have a heart it's because you already have emotions so you don't need to be tricked yeah, yeah. i like this because this is where hammy got a little bit of development because she felt like she felt the regret of not helping Naga enough during this. Mm. And I wish they focused just a wee bit more on it instead of focusing on, you know, balance so much. Of course, I love the, the dynamic duo. But I was like, oh, this is really interesting with Hammy. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been good to see, like, how she... Um, you said she did, she did feel like she failed. And yeah. seeing her sort of um, learn from that and become a better team member who's there for her team because of it. Yeah. It would have been good to see a bit more of that focus. Um, as far as the, 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 the story itself of Naga becoming evil, or not, not necessarily evil, well, he was evil, but having all of his emotions unlocked. I think I'm the only person who thought that Naga's actor really sucked at that part. I really didn't like the way he was over exaggerating everything. Really? It felt way too it felt way too forced. Like every time he tried to laugh maniacally and like stare at the camera and like with like I don't know, it just felt so like too forced for me. Um mm. I liked like the story itself, but every time when he was being over emotional and being like over the top, it just took me out of the, the episode. I think maybe that's intentional. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think it was intentional that he should be over like over the top and exaggerated. I just don't think the actor did it very well. Like I feel like you could, t- you could see him acting. You could see him trying to force himself to be maniacal. I, I mean, felt... that maybe comes with because I know he didn't have too much acting experience I mean, for yeah. Q Ranger. So I, to- I totally get what you're saying. And I can-, I can agree that I did like this arc just because of, like, I loved his outfit in it. And I liked the, the, mm-hmm. the changer. But I-, I can definitely see where you're coming from. I think what I liked most about the arc was balance's part. 
Yeah. Like him just <laughs> him trying to save his buddy. Just like I don't know. It like for someone who is like a selfish like space thief. Like uh well you see that you see through this that he's not really selfish. Like he he'll do anything for his friend. And seeing him like fight to bring back uh Naga to the point where Naga like tears him apart. Like it is brutal the bit the beating that he gives balance at one point in this art. It's man. It was one of those things where like it reminded me of the Ninja episode where the bad guy like gets uh Fuka and like just like slashes the crap out of her and you know uh Kasumi can't do anything but just watch in fear. Like it was one of those things. Yeah, they played that up. Naga losing control and just beating the crap out of balance. It was, uh, it was good. <laughs> and, and he took it too. That's the thing. Yeah. His balance was taking it because he just he just wanted to help his friend and he just wanted to get him out of this horrible dark Naga yeah. state. So it was like it was heartbreaking to watch. It was. This show and I think that's where like having trained voice actors really benefits the show mm-hmm. so much. Because you feel like the pain of him wanting to save his best friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the normally happy-go-lucky, you know, balance. You see that emotional side of him being like, I want to save my friend. I don't, you know, he's he had moments where he just really didn't know what to do, so. He, yeah, he was most, he just felt so distressed. Like he was just, he, he was succumbing to like the pressure of wanting to save his friend in time. Yeah. For a robot, he had uh, quite the the feelings and the emotions. <laughs> yeah, he could have used that sake shot. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Let's see. So yeah, we do. Is this the part where we we see? Because um, the reason they go back is because uh, Surugi doesn't understand how Don Aramaki is still alive when he's he's for sure that he destroyed him. Like 300 years ago. Yeah. So he wants to go back in time to fix. And they, they use the Argo ship to go. Wait. Yeah, they use the Argo ship to go back in time? No. They use the Qtama. They use a Qtama to go back in time. The one from uh, the planet Vela, I think. The, the mm-hmm. Thoth planet. Yeah. Uh, to go back in time to just before uh, Don Aramage is destroyed. And they basically see that. Because. Um, Tsurugi had a had was leading the rebellion, and he had a friend. Um, what the hell is his name? Cuervo. Cuervo. There we go. Um, who died in battle, and um, in rage, in in a fit of rage, Tsurugi, you know, steps into the plate and you know attacks and kills Don Aramage. Uh But then they see that as not necessarily the case, he somehow becomes revived. They don't know how, but they just know that he got revived. Um, and through this arc, we also get to see um, a, a someone from the Shishi planet. So he was basically Lucky's ancestor. Is that, is that, is that how it was? His grandfather or something like that? The old dude, right? Yes. The dude with... Yeah. Uh, Orion. What was his name? Orion? Was it Orion? I thought it was Orion. Yeah, it's, it was Orion. Yeah, that was it was his ancestor, but 
I know people thought it was like maybe his grand his grandfather, but like no, no it's way too. Funny. Yeah, yeah. I called that one though. I was like, yeah. I know he's related to Lucky somehow, some way. It's got to be an ancestor of some sort. But then he also has a club like uh, Orion from the ship, right? Yes, he yeah. does. Yeah. Like that's like his little grave monument thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, spoilers! He dies. <laughs> Spoiler I feel, alert! I feel like if you're listening to this, you've most likely watched the show. <laughs> I hope so. I'd hope so. Yeah. Quick, let's just talk about the fact that um, Lucky gets shot and dies. Or well, I don't know if he dies, but he gets shot. And you know, isn't people... that when they come back? No, that's in the past because he transforms in the past. Like he gets yep. his power up in the past. No, this was it was in modern day though. No, he gets his power up in the past. That's what leads to him, like, like just uh, Surugi having to like give him all that energy to save his life. Oh. Okay. Do you like how coincidentally that episode aired when the time slot changed? <laughs> I think that. I feel like that was because of it. Po- possibly. Because I feel like ever since the time changed, like, it feels like the violence has gotten a lot, lot more intense. I wouldn't Intro? say more intense, but a I think more. they're allowed to push things they probably wouldn't in the past. Yeah. Um, well, like in in like Lupin versus Pato, like they use real guns now, which you haven't seen in a long time. That is very true. Yes. Um, I don't know because I I want to say they don't. We know for a fact that the time change was sprung on Toby like really last minute, so I don't know mm. that they necessarily had. They Time just, to do that. Yeah, I don't know that they knew. Maybe five-ish episodes later by then, yeah. But I think this was just them wanting to give it more gravitas. Was, mm. Yeah, like I said, like you see him get shot. Yeah. You see the people, people, yeah. So people play up the fact that, you know, Kamen Rider is more dark and intense and violent than Sentai. But it was two or three years ago that we had Shinosuke take a freaking, like, cannon blast to the chest and quote-unquote die, and his suit is perfectly fine. But here, yeah. Lucky gets, like, one... He gets sniped, and, you know, he's got the hole, he's got the blood. It's it's a lot yeah. more realistic. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one... That was pretty shocking, to be honest, because that's really... I have not seen that in Sentai personally in the shows that I've watched, where it's just, like, as... Maybe not also, brutal is the right word, but it's as, like, kind of graphic. Yeah, because, like, you see the look on his face where you can't believe that happened. But then you also see, like, this huge explosion behind him. So you know how powerful that shot was. Oh, yeah. yeah. And everybody else's reactions were, yeah. were something. Man, that was a really good scene. <laughs> that was. That solidified to me that Lucky's actor was really good, to be honest. Yeah. Oh yeah, speaking of the, the power-up. Probably my favorite power-up in Sentai since... I'd say Geki Ranger, I think. Yeah, I love the, the Geki Ranger power-ups. <laughs> yeah. That's... So, like, Shishi Battle Ride is a beautiful suit. It's so good. I'm gonna tell you guys, I went to the Q-Ranger stage show in Japan last year, and they... Mm. that Even the stunt suit for Shishi Battle Ride... Oh my god, it's beautiful in person. Holy yeah. crap. It's so Man, good. Jealous. So jealous. I, I, yeah. I kind of I wish we got a team power-up, but that's also 
12 power-ups is kind yeah. of hard to do in this season. Yeah, like um, I always like when the, the Sendai seasons can do like a team power-up or where they all get kind of their own power-up, but with 12 of them, oh my god, that would be something. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the trade-off there is when that happens, the suits are like usually just, there's some chest armor. Have yeah. Fun. I don't know, like Gekki Ranger, they had whole new suits. Yeah. That is one of like two times that's happened. Maji Ranger and Geki Ranger. Yeah, oh, right, true. yeah. And the other time is usually like, here's some armor. Your base suits oh, yeah. are pretty much going to be the same. Mm. Yeah, that's true. But no, this one, yeah, this one is ridiculous. <laughs> it's so good. And his attacks came with some really cool effects, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was very smooth. Yes, it was. That's one thing that I just, I, I love about uh, Power Up Forms. But I also hate that it doesn't last too long. Is that they do this whole new like way of fighting like for that character. Like I remember last year Zuoger had Zio Whale and he had this whole different way of fighting and it was like really cool. Um but they didn't use him that often. Um uh, with him, with uh Shishi uh Red Orion, he got used a lot. He did. He <laughs> they really used that did. Thing a lot. Yeah, which and was I, really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that he can summon every weapon, too. That was so cool. Yeah, guy, um, more than just like him summoning weapons and throwing them at the villains, he would get strategic with them at times. So yeah. one of my favorite shots is like he summoned a shield to protect him, and then he uses a gun, like he mounts the gun on the shield to have a better shot. Yeah, uh, he was real smart about that. I think that that came with because... His personality changed when he was in Shishi Orion, right? I thought his personality changed a little bit where he was a... I don't know what the best descriptor is, but he was definitely... Yeah, tactical. Tactical is a good word for it. I Mm. I like that with all the power-ups, they kind of change the personality of the character in the suit, so... I want to know if it's just because he got the Orion Kyutama or if it was because of, like... I don't know, was it something that had to do with, you know, the power of, like, his ancestors creating it or something? Or the fact that Tsurui had to use some of his power to revive him? Or did that, that have anything to do with his change in the way he acted and fought? I don't know. They don't really explain it. Just, like, how his personalities change in, like, the, the lunar mode and solar mode one. Oh, I yeah. forgot what that one's yeah. called. I they just don't explain that. that. Yeah. Pam used that at one point, right? Yeah. She did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. She, yeah. Yeah, girl. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was my fave. I was like, you needed this power-up sooner, girl. Speaking of power yeah, that was that episode where, like, Almost everyone got a power up in that episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's also the Pegasus horse, Pegasus thing. <laughs> that dude oh, was in there for two whole episodes. That yeah. was. <laughs> I wanted to like that so much. It's a really cool design on paper, but like the prop. They is... did not. How is your prop beat up on the first episode you use? It? <laughs> I know. I wonder. I, I wonder if that's because of Lucky's actor, maybe because he had to wear it most of the time, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he did. Maybe he like. Didn't know how to land with that thing and kept busting it up. I mean, it is huge, okay? And yeah, like that... being made of foam most of the time, that is going to be susceptible yeah. to so much damage. I think my favorite use of that is when uh, Spada got 
got stuck with it. Yes, yeah. that was so funny. <laughs> that was such a good episode. I think that was kind of a recap episode too, right? Because they were pretty much filling him in on what happened since the last time. He yeah, was. I think that was the recap episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. So yeah, this art takes us to episode yeah thirty one, which is uh, I think that's when they come back to the present day. I want to say. Yeah, the Great Naga Recovery Strategy. So I guess that's when they are trying to bring Naga back. And that that was a weird episode. Like they, what happened in that episode again? They're inside of Naga, and they like see that his actual personality is being basically kept prisoner. Mm, yeah, right. I thought that was interesting. And so, yeah, I like that that episode tells you that Naga's evil form isn't really Naga, but at the same time... It's based on an aspect of his personality that is there. Mm. Oh, also, one of the things that I loved about his arc in this episode is we're introduced to another member of his race named Echidna, which is yes. basically just his actor in drag because they, apparently his race is all... All him. Yeah, all <laughs> him. Beautiful, beautiful, long silver hair. <laughs> um, there's just this one moment where Echidna is trying to fight Naga and... Here is when I think, yeah, like maybe they are starting to push the action just a bit. And that's when Naga is using his like controlling abilities to make Echidna point a gun at her head. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was, I was like, whoa. Yeah. What's going like, to happen here? <laughs> and there's like the music going up, going on in that scene is just so intense. I loved it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this arc, uh, good arc. 10 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> I give it an eight only because of Naga's actor. Oh, <laughs> everything else was great. Um, so I'm going to avoid the nine out of ten joke. Um, wow. Ha 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 ha. You should do stand up. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> the next arc was uh the Great Space Adventure, is episodes thirty two through forty three. Uh, this one covers wow. a ton of stuff. Oh yeah. So we this one starts off with um oh wait, we didn't mention that in the past, uh Shoal stays in the past. Yeah, because um basically um Orion's uh no uh, Orion or what whatever his name is. Yeah, Orion. Um, Orion. He, yeah, like Orion he... Orion, he was the one who spread the Legend. tale of the legendary saviors and that um in turn leads to people searching for the kutamas that's where you get the q rangers and you know that's what they you know they're gonna save the world but because he dies someone has to tell the story so all right uh like shorampo is like you know what i'm gonna stay actually him and champ stay and yes champ you're has right to go check yeah. on something the way he said it yeah I forget what that led to. That leads to uh, wrestler champ later on. <laughs> Which <laughs> so that we'll was get there. so funny. That's funny. That's funny. That, <laughs> that, that <laughs> was a really good episode for God. Yeah, that's a really good Garu episode. <laughs> Just I so yeah. The point of that episode is that Champ is 
in a mask and he doesn't want to reveal who he is because you know he's going berserk but it is immediately immediately apparent to everybody that that's his champ because of course it is um except for garu who thinks it's really a different guy and stinger is sort of just playing along but once oh man once champ finally reveals that you know it's him all along garu is just like what what and everyone else is like yeah we knew and garu's like Wait, so me and Seager were the only ones like no don't let me in with you know. <laughs> and he just has this like he's sulking in the background talking to himself as everyone else is having a conversation and you just hear him but in the background you just hear him like me me it was it was only me nobody it was just me <laughs> And he has this real sad puppy moment. Yeah. No, oh god, Garu. I I guess I understand why he didn't get so much character development because he just basically became Lucky's dog at that point. He's his literal lap yeah. dog. He was, but it was cute. I thought it was. It was. What I what I also loved about that episode is that Champ thought he was fooling everybody. The whole time. <laughs> yes. Like Champ would break character once in a while because they would they would mention him by name and he's like oh no no, that's not me at all i I don't know who you're talking about and then he's like yeah he finally goes like yeah that's me and they're like yeah we knew and then just god was like what (laughs) i I just love that champ thought he was fooling everybody the whole time oh yeah (laughs) uh i kind of want to watch that episode again See, that's the thing. We had such great, like, every arc had really good serious stories, and then we would have these really funny episodes that didn't completely take us out of the story, but just gave it more substance. Yeah, like, this Um, episode introduces the fact that um, there's a prototype for Champ, and that Champ has a, that Champ was made for evil, basically. Yeah. And that's an arc, that's a story beat that they carry through until the end of this arc, so... Yeah, like it's a lighter episode, but it's also introducing something that's going to be kind of major for this character. And it's probably okay. his last major character beat. Question though. So he goes off in like 300 years in the past says, I'm going to go check something. And they come back and the first time I see him as he's a wrestler. Where's the, like, I forget. Why did he do that? He wanted to, ch- to check up on uh, like what actually happened with his creator. Because uh, he learned that his creator worked for Dark Matter. Mm-hmm. But he didn't, you know, he had no idea because to him, his creator was this very benevolent person. Right. But it, as it turns out, is like his creator had defected, I think, from Dark Matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we're introduced to, again, quote unquote, his creator as a villain. But I think it's just like a copy of his creator made before he was good i think Did yeah he, like, imprint his personality into like a program or something like that into a brain into a brain but that was like his personality before he defected but it was still oh before he defected to become good yeah yeah his okay, storyline was a little confusing i have to yeah. say um but why the luchador mask he's the ring he's the ring star that's, that's just what he does, man. If you gotta go in back in the past, why not become the champion? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what, yeah, this arc opens up with the destruction of Orion, and it is surprisingly oh sad. My God. Yeah, I know. Oh my God, freaking Raptor's uncle. He's gone. 
Like just sacrificing himself. And the like good luck on the screen, like that hit me in a way I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I was like, why am I crying over a ship? Um th- this yeah. episode also had some really good filming as well, like framing of the scenes. Um mm. so after the, you know the ship's been destroyed, the Q Rangers are all standing on this grassy field and it's the night sky and there's this really nice pan of everybody from behind. And it's just such a beautiful shot. This show is so well directed. Anywho, so next episode introduces us to the uh, Orion ship, the battleship. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when uh, they find out what happened to show. Because I think they kind of thought maybe the commander had died. Because, you know, 300 years. But as it turns out, he had been in stasis. And he gets another one of those serious moments where, like, they're unlocking him from stasis. They don't, I don't think they knew he was in that pod. So, like, there's all yeah. of this smoke and, like, it's opening slowly. And then he just pops out. He's like, hello, my people. <laughs> he's like, hey, guys. But, he al- <laughs> but doesn't he also wake up with, like, immediate back pain because yes. he's like, yeah. Yes. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. He's got the best voice. Oh, he does. Yeah. Which is the episode where, um, he does the Dire Ranger Shorampo stuff? fights against... Huh? The Dire Ranger stuff? Uh, is that the Dire Ranger stuff? Yeah, like when they're at that temple, right? There was an episode where it was kind of a... It was a uh, Shorampo-focused one. Maybe it was a temple one? I don't know. But he... At the, it ends with him fighting another monster. And they both it becomes like a kung fu movie. Where they both do poses and announce who they are and what school of fighting they are. And then they start fighting. And just the way it was filmed looked like a kung fu movie. Like, just beat for beat. Like, how they were, like, blocking and this and that. And it just felt old school. I'm pretty sure it's the Temple episode, yeah. I that thought that was, too. Because that's the okay, same episode be, yeah. with... Wasn't it, like, the same episode that had, like, Hammy and Raptor in, like, the bath or something like that? Yep. Just, like, yep. chilling. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was funny. And I love that, you know, like, during that episode, you know, Shoal is, he thinks his team's been captured or something, and then it's something that the fake raptor says that he's like, no, she would never be that kind. That's not the yeah, raptor I know. That was oh, so right. funny. Yeah, because she was, like, she should have been scolding him for like leaving them behind or something along those lines yeah. but she was like no it's okay and she's and he's like wait a minute that's not raptor <laughs> she would have yelled at me yeah so this gives us finding uh lucky's home planet and like his grandfather no like just like a caretaker he had right i think it was a caretaker so yeah like we get we get some backstory here. We learn that he doesn't really remember his dad. And we get a new mecha, which is kind of like his cute little lion guy. Oh my god, I love Caesar. Oh, yeah. I want it so badly. <laughs> I don't know where to find it. I'm trying to find Caesar, but I just want a little Caesar in my life. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, the uh, Christmas episode has this lovely little like dance sequence at the end. And he's just like oh, yeah. roaring. <laughs> yeah. It's so cute. <laughs> Uh, so what else? This gives us that. We learn... We get the fake ep- the episode with, like, Lucky's fake dad. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Is this where we find out that he's actually royalty? Yeah. 
Okay. That's where um, he gets the sweet uh, coat. Yep. You, I thought that was after... Oh, yeah, yeah. That is when he gets the coat. Yep. Yeah, by the end of it. And this yeah. is also one of those episodes where Lucky gets some really good acting in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he... Yeah, at this point, he doesn't know that this guy isn't his real dad, but you actually see him start to cry because he's like, oh, my dad would never be this cruel. Yeah. It was so good. It was so yeah. good. Yeah, this is when Lucky really... like. Well, he's always he's been shining for a long time, but this is like really where he's like... His acting chops come into play. Yeah. And he becomes like... He... I don't know, man. Lucky's just... I don't understand him. How <laughs> yeah. did that happen? I know. He made a 360. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, 180. It was a 360. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, guys. <laughs> I don't know math. <laughs> um, yeah, so this arc, in addition to that, gives us Hammy being you know, an idol fan, which was some, actually a good episode, I would have to say. I liked the episode, but I just did not like what it eventually yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in taken as a single episode, like you mentioned it earlier, like her finding solace in music, like when she's kind of pretty much alone at this point because I think she's lost her uh, clan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, there's there's just something really touching about finding this other artist, a musical artist, who's like. You know, I'm not famous or whatever, or whatever, but I'm not going to give up. And somehow that gives her strength. And that yeah. that was a, probably the best episode for Hammy, I think. Yeah, it's just I, I did like the premise of it, but I just I don't like how much they attach to her being an idol fan instead of just keeping the focus. Yeah, like keep the focus <laughs> on like this help her yeah you know get through everything instead of just being like oh she just really likes Minati yeah like is, in this episode yeah it's definitely not Hammy the idol fan it's Hammy the person who finds like strength in music yeah and I like I think that's you know it says a lot about how music can touch people and give people strength and courage and that's a really good message but immediately after this episode it goes to like She's just an idol fan. Yeah. Just is that like, no. Minato? Minato, yeah, Minati, yeah. Min- or whatever. Minato, right? Oh, okay. So he's the guy played by, I guess you could say, veteran actor by now, veteran sentai actor. Yes. Yeah. Magi Yellow and Beatbuster. This guy cannot stay away from sentai, which I don't mind because he's pretty awesome. He he's, is. Um, actually, been given like the I, I don't know if it's a official role or not but he's like the super sentai ambassador is like what they were really? yeah oh that's, that's the, cool he shows up at wow. all the concerts and stuff so like i think that's what they refer to him as really yep that's really cool i did like her outfit in the episode she they had them all in different outfits like doing the idol performance and I was oh, just yeah. her, she was cute. And they didn't they have Lucky Cross dress in this one too? Yeah, they did. Yeah. I was like, Lucky, <laughs> you look good. Oh, also, <laughs> yes, this is the I think that's the episode where uh just out of nowhere, Stinger's like shirtless performing and like playing the guitar. Yeah. And Sudugi, I think like Sudugi's singing as well. Oh my god, yes, no. It's like him and Stinger are shirtless. Like Sudugi's got like a 
boa around him and like Stinger's playing the guitar and Sarugi's like singing. And I was like, yes, the <laughs> eye candy is there. <laughs> they gotta get that eye candy. And it's like, those are the two guys that it works the best for. And it was like, you know, 30 episodes ago, this dude was a total loner. And yeah. I know. <laughs> I did like that they like integrated Stinger's singing because the actor himself is a fantastic singer. Yeah, like that that had actually been a I don't want to say a plot point, but like it came up in episodes with his brother. Like they would sing that song and you know Scorpio used that to trick him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That came up more in episode of Stinger than anything. I do wish he sang a little bit more during the show, but that's my bias. What? Wasn't there an episode where all he did was singing? I think he sang to Champ in... Oh, no, no maybe it was like the role-playing one where they were all different. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was the jester or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my no, God, I... that was so effing funny. Man, that was... I thought I was going to love that episode, but I really did not like it at all. Really? Yeah. I love, like... I don't know. Maybe I love goofy episodes like that. And again, Lucky cross-dressed again. So I was like, ooh, <laughs> he's so pretty. Um, the episode I did... Coincidentally, it was like, I didn't think I was going to like it at all, but the one I ended up loving was the very next episode, the baseball episode. Oh my god. There was just something about that episode, like the way Dark Matter was just so blatantly cheating during the match. It was hilarious. I just love it, because at least it gave Spada some development, kind of. (laughs) I love that he went through the whole thing learning how to, trying to learn how to swing a bat. And then it just ends up like, no, just use your nose, your big like <laughs> nose on your freaking helmet. He is a swordfish, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I know, but it's just like, it's just such a weird, the weirdest like workaround. I know. <laughs> you would expect that episode to be him training until he learned how to actually play baseball. It's like, nah, just you, literally use your head. Just use your face, <laughs> man. <laughs> That's dangerous, though. That's pointy. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I've seen people wear, like, uh, Kajuki yellow suits, and I'm always like, I do not want to be at, at a crowded con with you, because I'm going to get stabbed. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like, yeah. And I'm taller than a lot of people, so I feel like I get stabbed in the neck. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds painful, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I think this takes us to the end of the Christmas episode takes us to the end of uh this arc mm-hmm. and uh that moves us into the very last arc of the show which is called the q rangers final battle or the q rangers ultimate battle and this covers episodes 44 to 48 so this is where we see we get don automage's true identity we also uh actually the few episodes before we get to actually see um, Lucky's father, I believe. Yep. Well, was it? No, no. This. So, this is this the episodes where we see. Yeah, it? like where he comes in as like like a space ninja almost. Yeah. Um. What we did get in the previous arc towards the end was that they kept killing Don Armage, but he keeps coming back to life. So it's pushing that mystery right. a little more. And finally, yeah. you know, we find out what's up with that here. Yeah, we basically find out that when he killed Don Aramage back in like 300 years ago, he actually possessed Cuervo's body. And he's been Cuervo pretty much the whole time. 
And every time he's killed them, he's basically been killing have he clothes of himself? Is that how it was? I didn't really understand this plot point, to be honest. I was just yeah. about to say the same thing. I was extremely disappointed by this. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't get how he's been Cuervo this whole time. But, like, has he been just sending out clones of himself? I don't... I think there's something about, like, his cells or something he used to clone himself. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly <laughs> don't remember. It was so. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah. It was poorly developed. That's the thing is, I know Cuervo is used as a shocker to us all because Surubi talked so highly of him, so much of like he was basically Surubi's best friend, and like this happens. It's just it, to me, it was so out of character and to the but, point where it wasn't even like. A good shocking twist. I just didn't like it. But I mean, it. it's but Cuervo's dead. He's just using his body yeah. as, as a shell, right? Yeah, pretty much. So it's not really a Cuervo became evil, right? Wait, was there a thing where he Cuervo wanted ultimate power or something like that? Yes, yes. That's the issue I had is that for Don in this case with Cuervo for Don to possess him Cuervo had to basically consent and say that I want you to possess me because I want power and to be mm-hmm. as powerful as Sarugi yeah 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 that's true so let me okay this is like a little petty moment but I just want to say that and I'm pretty sure a lot of people called it but uh within my little friend circle I totally called Cuervo being like the main bad guy and mm-hmm. that's just because the dude kept coming back in flashbacks, and these were new flashbacks. And I just kept thinking, yeah. they did not make that detailed of a suit just for him to be in a couple seconds of flashbacks in every episode. Yeah. Yeah, especially when everybody around him, like, in the flashbacks, was just, like, just, no. slapped together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, he was also voiced by a previous Sentai actor. Yeah. Yes. Uh, though not what you expect. He, uh, his voice actor was uh, Speedor. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speedor. All right. Well, that's a that's range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it though? Well, okay. So Speedor's voice actor was also the voice actor of Enma, the main bad guy from Magi Ranger. So that's range. Oh. Yeah, that's range. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Um. Um, so yeah, like just going back to like I feel like maybe if earlier on we had just somehow found out a little more about Cuervo's like issues with being cast in the shadow, because clearly I don't think he started off as evil, but I think he became jealous of Surugi. So he's mm-hmm. he's definitely has like self image issues. And I think that's a cool plot point to push, but it did feel like it came out of nowhere. It did. It yeah. really did. They didn't develop that enough to make it convincing to me. To me, I felt like, what? Like, why? wait, he's jealous of Surugi? When the hell did that happen? Yeah, yeah, a lot of that is just because all we have to go on for Cuervo's character is that is Surugi's flashbacks. So obviously there, it's not going to become apparent that he's jealous or anything. Yeah, which I, I yeah. get. I just feel like there would have been something to indicate it. Yeah, like, I don't know, maybe... I don't know, like, have show in the past have discovered this somehow? I don't... 
just have some other way to get that information to us throughout a couple of episodes rather than just hit us all at once. Yeah. Um, Maybe have him just sort of notice it little by little as they fought. Yeah, like... Doing Aramage. Yeah, or just like, I don't know, like have... This is kind of fanficy territory, but... <laughs> have, like, you know, Tsurugi's flashbacks, but... As the episodes progress, maybe he remembers the flashbacks more accurately. He remembers like little nuances in the way Cuervo acts that he wasn't be that he wasn't properly able to focus on in the past because he was focusing on the fight and like himself being this kick-ass fighter. Oh, you or know he, what? That would work. Yeah, you know, if, if when they went to the past, he could have seen him yeah. do some like shady things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of ways he could have done it. But yeah, so back to Don Armaga. Yeah, that whole clone thing was just really confusing. Yeah. Because I don't entirely remember it, because again, it was kind of confusing. But I think the whole deal was that Armaga possessed Cuervo. Cuervo was strong enough to overpower uh, Don Armaga's will, and then Cuervo was eventually killed. And then somehow. Don Armaga had like cloned himself a bunch of times. I don't know how. Was it kind of a ergo thing from like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 where he wanted to basically be everywhere? I think so, so yes. Him him spreading his power and his influence made him able to clone himself? See, that's the thing. Is they, I feel like they never explained it well enough. He just yeah. was immortal, yep. basically. That was probably the yeah. biggest downfall of the show. Like the, <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Um, and, it, and the thing is, like, it's hard to really deliver on that the way they set it up. You have this dude who took over the universe. You have this dude who, like, is seemingly immortal because you kill him time and time again and he keeps coming back. And to right. just say, oh, I cloned myself, that's kind of not what you would want out of that. Yeah. It's a fallback. I really think that they didn't take enough time to develop his story. He just was the big baddie that was immortal. And they just were like, oh, crap, we need to come up with something, a reason why he can do it. And it was just so mm. crappy. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But then sometimes I have to like keep myself in check and remember this show also had like ton of characters you had 12 rangers you had at least five generals who were around for multiple episodes so there was a lot to do yeah true and true. uh honestly in this arc what kept me like glued to i mean aside from you know great characters was also the story between lucky and his father like him getting through to his father and his father finally like making a sacrifice because they they basically wanted to destroy the home world of Don Aramage because the center of it had was it planet uh, it had some kind of substance basically like that a if black it was hole. if it yeah because they would have destroyed the universe if it was exploded so they wanted to destroy that before it got to a point where it could destroy the whole world or the whole universe and I guess. Uh, after he, you know, broke the kind of broke through to his father, his father decided to make the final sacrifice. And I actually thought that scene was actually really well done. Like it actually, that was like the one time in the show, in the whole show, where 
I actually kind of got a bit emotional with seeing him basically finally being able to say hi to his father and then having to say bye to his father again. Yeah, like, uh, this stupid show made the phrase Yosha Lucky seem very touching. As like that's the last thing his dad says before he I know, himself. And I was like, "Are you serious?" Like just remembering that like hits me in my heart a little bit. It's like, oh, man. yeah, that was really good. I felt like that was kind of my favorite parts of this final arc is watching Lucky get through his dad and his dad ultimately helping him. Even if how it meant proud sacrificing. Of yeah, and I'm just like, oh my god, stop it with these family arcs like this. It's so <laughs> emotional. Yeah. Yeah, this final arc was... the. It's weird to say because, like, you know, the main bad guy thing aside, it was a really, really good arc. That is weird to say. Right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree because I was really disappointed in, like, the final Don Armage, like, episodes of finally fighting him and trying to kill him i just it just flopped it did going into i think the penal penal english penultimate episode um this show got really intense in some of the not deaths but like in some of the like destruction scenes it gave the characters um because at this point Lucky's pulling off this plan that, like, we totally skipped over the fact that Don Armage uh, absorbed Surugi. Yes, we did. Oh, right. <laughs> we did, yeah. Yes. That's like a big thing. That, I called that, like, a mile away. <laughs> I was like, I know he's going to do this. Yeah, because, you know, Surugi's immortal, so... Yeah, he needs his powers. But that freaking scene where he's taking him over and Surubi's like, kill me, kill me. I was like, whoa. And then, like, that leads to Sho being absorbed as well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I was like, no, no, no. Not Sho Rampo, too. (laughs) I was so sad. And what I really love about this show is that, and this is mostly because it reminds me of Goseiger, um, you know, despite all of these bad things happening, despite two of his closest friends just being lost, Lucky never gives in to the inevitable. He never assumes that he has to kill his friends. He's always looking for a way out. And that yeah. really reminds me of the uh, Golsager ending, which is basically the main bad guy in Golsager was of the same race as the team, because they're all angels, but he had become evil. And he became evil by absorbing his own team's power. So in the final episode of Gosager, like the te- the Red Rangers team is like, here, we'll give you our power so you can fight him. And he's like, no, that's just going to make me the same thing as this bad guy. We're going to fight him together. And Gosager Red is one of my favorite Reds. And that really, like, lucky not wanting to give up and not wanting to actually go through with killing Surugi really reminded me of that. Yeah, it was interesting because I felt like the rest of the team was not, like, ready, but they accepted that this this could be the only way to stop Don Armage because after this, he gains true immortality and true power. But Lucky's like, no, we're going to find out a way to do this. So, yeah, this leads to basically the team are lucky thinking of a plan and the viewer don't does not know what this plan is 
So as we're watching this play out, we think everyone's getting killed. And yeah. Yeah. We are getting some intense scenes. I uh tuned into this episode a little late, so the first thing I saw as I turned on the TV was uh Stinger, Kotaro, and Champ just like in a circle surrounded by the bad guys, screaming, running at the bad guys, and then just being shot. Um Oh yeah. So, this yeah. all of the fight scenes in that episode. Oh my that God. scene in particular resonated with me because um one of my favorite movies is The Alamo from a cup from like a decade ago. Ooh. Um, and it's it's just the idea that you have this small band of fighters who are going into a fight that they know they have already lost. They know they're not going to survive. But that's not the point. The point is to buy time. And I don't know, it's, there's just something very tragic and heroic about that. And it's like, you know, Sentai, they're guys fighting monsters, and but you, they rarely ever make that ultimate sacrifice. And here, it's they're making that sacrifice to save the entire universe. So it would make sense that at some point they face death in a very realistic way like that. Yeah, I thought that scene in particular was really good. And the scene between Naga and Balance was <laughs> yeah, very good. One. Oh, that one hit me hard. Yeah. That was, uh, the one with uh, Garu, again, it, like, it kind of just went in a blink. And I was like, wait, what's happening here? And then they cut to another person. Like, oh, yeah, like it does oh, not does. give you yeah. time to recover. It's like, here's a death. Yeah. Here's another death. Here's another death. Yeah, seriously. It was crazy. That was a good and final not- fight, though. I really enjoyed then- all of their like fight scenes and how everything that happened during that part is just, of course, Don Armage. Can we also just talk about the fact that I think Don Armage was the one main villain who was probably defeated more times than any other villain. <laughs> in the last episode alone they killed him like three times they did they yeah, did yeah they did i was just they like can you just me. die already god damn it <laughs> it reminded me of x really yeah. oh that, yeah <laughs> that dude kept dying and, um there's like if you want to think about it really dark there's this line where lucky says we're gonna make a universe where there's absolutely no suffering and i'm just thinking Boy, that could go into like a really weird, like, we're going to plan out your life for you territory. Yeah, that's like Big oh, Brother yeah. stuff. Yeah. It got dark, I have to say. With that, with that, those scenes in particular, it got dark. But I'm glad it, it was, got better. It was better. a Sparta Raptor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was kind of sweet. Say, yeah, because he basically was like, I'm not leaving you. Like, we're going down together. Like, wow. Yeah, like, and yeah, at that point, you don't really know what's going on. They start killing off so many characters that you think, okay, they're probably all going to come back. But it's just the gravity that they're facing. Like, the, the way it's presented is so... Mm-hmm. It's as if it's being filmed as an actual death scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you mentioned the Naga balance thing. One of the moments that really hit me was uh, Naga just, like, walking backwards a little stumbling backwards a bit and he just looks at balance and balance is already dead it's like i know like that's he, what that's the part that like, hit me so hard like the lights just go out of his eyes i know oh my god <sighs> making me cry just think about that a little bit right now 
Space Bros. Man. Space Bros. I know. Also a really good anime, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that takes us to the end of Q-Ranger. Yeah. What happened in the end of Q-Ranger? Uh, they saved the universe <laughs> and he became president again. Uh, yeah. Spada became a renowned chef. Lucky's floating through space with Garu as his dog. Oh, so, <laughs> by the way, so there's like uh, this magazine article, a scam, whatever, that like detailed like the biggest wish each of the Q-Rangers has. So I think like Raptors was like for Spada to make her a dish. And then the one that really stuck out to me was uh, Garu's biggest, greatest desire was uh, to go on an adventure with Lucky. <laughs> Oh, he's such a good boy. What a good dog. It's like, he really is, he really is a dog. He really is. That's really just what his character is. It's like, but he's from a race of warriors. Maybe he was loyal to somebody else there. Or maybe they were all loyal to somebody else. That's why they all died out. They were all like loyal to each other and willing to die for each other. Oh, that's, that's kind nice. of dead dogs. <laughs> oh. Um, oh, we did skip one episode, and that's one episode I actually skipped because I didn't want to watch it. Um, the decorator thing. Oh, yeah, with decorator, bleh, decorator, <laughs> decorator, and the yeah, the space squad, uh, their space sheriffs show up too. Mm-hmm. Um. All I, I don't remember what happened. So, okay, all I remember from that episode is from clips I've seen of, like, Garu meeting Doggy. He's like, and Ham's like, is that your brother? And yeah. Garu's like, brother, I haven't seen you forever. And Shoah's just like, thank you so much for taking care of him. I thought it was so funny, the dynamic between Garu and Deca Master. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, yeah, the, I mean, that crossover was totally just a promotion of the the... Decorator and Space Squad v yeah. Cinema. But I still thought it was kind of cool. I like seeing them. I like seeing the Decorators. So. I, yeah, I love the Decorators. So anytime I get to see them. I do like world building in a sense where like heroes can just randomly appear. That's so cool to me. Yeah. yeah. It's just there wasn't also, really that much substance to the episode outside of that. True. Like, I liked seeing everybody transform. It was nice to see Decorad, and I liked to see... Of course, I love seeing uh, the new Gavon transform, but uh, not too much man. after that. So we'll probably... I wonder yeah. if we'll get... Well, we have to get something like that for uh, Lupin versus Pato, because release. Oh. Maybe, yeah. That would not make sense. Not much to do with space, though. Well, I mean, it wouldn't matter, I think, because they have something to promote, so they'll find a way to work it in, I think. Yeah, that's true. True. But I did like that this is kind of like a precursor to the next Space Squad movie. Yeah. Yeah, without even realizing it, I liked that this yeah. kind kind of foreshadowed it. Because they're probably yeah. going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember you guys in that, so. Yeah. So, yeah, like the Space, at this time of recording, Space Squad is not out yet. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it looks like it's just, it's actually going to go beyond um, Q-Ranger versus Q-Ranger. I think it's actually going to have Space Sheriff versus Space Sheriff. Because you do see Gavon fighting um, fighting Ho-Ho Soldier. And Ho-Ho Soldier is on, is opposing Lucky's side. So I think, you know, the, the two sheriffs are going to be on different sides. Yeah, I think so. Because they do already have that Q-Ranger split. Yep. So I think the Space Sheriffs will 
gravitate to one of them as well. Also, Jiraiya is in that for some reason. The smallest bit of Jiraiya <laughs> you can see. And I was like, holy crap, is there going to be more Wait, than just the space shares? Right? Ah, that's Wait, so you can cool. See Jiraiya? Yeah. Yeah. You see, like, his what? arm or whatever. <laughs> if you want to pull up the trailer. Oh, the, oh the, the okay, I'm looking at it now. It's like right the first the scene, huh? yeah. Oh, Scheider is pointing a gun at him. I think he's standing next to him, not pointing a gun at him. No, it's. I think it was when he was standing next to him. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Never mind. And I was just like, oh, they're finally developing uh, what they had at the I end want, of space, uh, the I last space just flight. beyond. <laughs> just just beyond. Hey, they're making it a, a Brazilian film, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Freaking Just Beyond should have been in the last, in the first one. Well, I mean, they gotta had, set stuff up. They can't just. It had the bad guy from it, though. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> it had two bad guys from it. You know, you know you've already got like Sentai and like this other space chef, so you gotta take your time. Shut up. <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong. I totally did forget there was gonna be a Brazilian production, though. So that's. Yeah. That's official? It's Yes. Yes. It's it is from what we it's saw. It's sanctioned, which means How? that Toei isn't producing it, but it means they're okay with being with it being produced. And if you want, you can find out more details at tokusatsunetwork.com. Hey. <coughs> yeah, I should probably check out that site. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> so, we're at the end of Q Ranger. Yeah. So, so final thoughts? Yeah, what do you guys think of it? Um, I, Overall. to be honest, because I, I, you know, I really didn't like the ninja. I really didn't like Juoger. I thought Q Ranger was fun, even if the ending was a little. Well, at least the villain parts of the ending were kind of not great. At least mm-hmm. I enjoyed how most of the characters were developed and how the story went. George, um, pretty much the same. I loved the show. Um, it was a show where characters didn't always get the development I wanted them to have, but because their personalities were so strong to begin with, it was it almost made up for that at times. Like they still felt very present, and I don't. Know, I just loved the fact that in any given episode, you could have like eight rangers in one place and like three rangers in another place, or one ranger off somewhere else. It was you. You really didn't know what you were going to get as far as like action goes, as far as character interaction like team di- team mm-hmm. dynamics and i don't think we're ever going to get that in sentai again because q ranger did not sell like super 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 well it did okay but like probably not as good as they wanted it to have done for having 12 rangers yeah, yeah. which was disappointing because i did like the q tamas and i did like uh the changer and everything, but I know the toys didn't do that great. It did rough. I think it did a little better than Go Busters. Um, yeah, which is saying something. Yeah, and it's just like wow. I guess I'm okay with that too because it does keep Q Ranger as a very unique Sentai. There, there's just something very, very cool about seeing twelve Rangers on screen who are all part of the exact same team. Yeah. Yeah. Also, those suits are beautiful. Oh my god, I yeah. know. Some of my favorites and, of all time. And something I forgot to mention is that this was the first time Bandai America had say in the design. Yes. Well, yeah. that is... You need context to be able 
to describe that. Um, so mm. they had say in the design, but they didn't touch the designs. Um, it's basically that Japan has Kamen Rider and Super Sentai, and they both target slightly different versions of the same demographic. Super Sentai targets the little brother, Kamen Rider targets the older brother, but they're still targeting little kids. In America, Power Rangers has to target both of those audiences in once. And they mm. wanted Sentai to, they wanted a Sentai that would allow them to do that better. And that's, I think, why you get uh -huh. something that's still clearly Sentai, but has different design elements to it. Like, this is the first Sentai where you have a team, where you have, like, asymmetrical visors. Yeah, and I really love that. Yeah, I loved it. And, the, and, like, the star-speckled visor. Ah. Oh, <laughs> I, God, I, I that was it. beautiful. Yeah. It's also the first one that had the whole team had chest armor, yeah. essentially. Yeah, and I yes. love that every suit was really different. Mm -hmm. Like they're in, from like they had they what? had the same base elements, but like you know, Lucky was the main suit, and then you had like Stinger with the tail, you had Naga with the scales, you had. God who bless his bless Takeuchi having to wear that freaking, oh my god uh, furry spandexy suit year round. That must have been yeah. Hot. Our community manager Manuel has the the Okami blue suit, and he wore it during Ranger Stop last year. This was like hot Orlando, Florida in November, mm. and I was like, "Are you nuts?" <laughs> yeah, you must really like Okami so, blue. Yeah, yeah imagine just intense martial arts in that. Yeah, seriously. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, Oshi Black was like just a huge, huge suit. In and I general. think that works really well because the suit actor, Jiro Okamoto, is not a tiny guy. He's got a, he's got a bit of a gut. And. Well, now. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that suit really, I think, works well with his body frame. Like, mm -hmm. uh, he did Shinken Gold and. As Shinkander went on, you could notice a bit more of a gut coming out in the suit footage. <laughs> Wasn't he also um, Kyoryu Silver? Not Silver. Good. He was yeah, Silver. I don't. He was somebody. He was the uh, Tori. Torin. Torin. Okay, I guess. I don't know. I think so. I thought he was that No, no, no. <laughs> no, he wasn't that suit. He was Cyan, right? I don't know. Well, that would actually fit for him, at least. Yeah, but. actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the suits were very, like, they they had a similar theme, but yeah, they were all different in some way. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. Like, washi pink. Oh my god, those wings. Amazing. <laughs> I'm just like, ho-ho soldier, just... That man, is the most beautiful... I know, that is the most beautiful <laughs> suit I've seen in a... Long time. I would die to have that suit personally. Oh my god! Get me a short. I want to be the short ho o soldier, but I will rock it. It's a really interesting way of giving you two Red Rangers without technically giving you two Red Rangers. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what we didn't talk about was a uh, Q Ranger also has a manga. What? Wait. Yes, there is a manga. What? Yeah. What? Yep, there is a Q Ranger manga. <laughs> I want to read that. Um, I believe it's being released as part of the Blu-ray sets. Uh, it's called The Nine Shot. And it's basically, you know, 
this is what the Q Rangers are doing in their days off. These are like their interpersonal adventures. So the first chapter is uh, Spada or needing somebody to help him with something, and it ends up having to be him and uh, him and Raptor. And this is what I think there's romancing mm-hmm. because Raptor is going out of her way to like sabotage other people, say that, so she ends up with Spada by herself. Oh, ah, see, okay, yep. I can understand that since they put it in like the side story, but in the main story, I was like, uh. yeah. Um, they also <laughs> made audio recordings for those, so there's like a ton of extra material for uh, Key Ranger. I'm gonna have to look that up. I did not know about the manga, um, and I believe that's pretty much everything. Um, oh, yeah. Ooh, there no, there's high school wars we didn't talk about. Oh, that was kind of funny. I loved that so much. I, I don't think I've seen. Yes, it yeah, we saw it together. The whole we thing? saw it together. Uh, Hammy slapped yep. the crap out of everybody. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was. I think that's why I liked it because she got to have like something, <laughs> you know, something mm. fun for her to do. I remember now. Yeah, my yeah, favorite. Yeah. Like bit of the slapping was uh, in the last part where they're all transformed and she's slapping everyone. She slaps Lucky, and he just like yelps. It is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's man. apparently an extra episode coming out for that. Oh, I did not know it's that. It's a Coltado episode too. Oh. Now I believe we have talked about everything related to Q Ranger except. The actual movie, which I don't think any of us have seen. No, I haven't seen that movie. Oh, I, 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 I haven't did. Even, honestly, I haven't even seen episode of Stinger yet. Episode of Stinger so. is really good, but the the guess, oh god, Gus Gus Invader and Vod, I can't even remember how to even pronounce it. It was, you know, it's it's a normal in between Sentai movie. It wasn't, to be honest, anything that great. Uh, <laughs> I heard it focuses on show a little bit. Is that true? A little bit, yeah. That was the, he had some focused parts of it, but to be honest, it was just so. It was just like a generic Sentai movie. Uh-huh. Like there, there's been better in between Sentai movies, and I was just kind of disappointed by it. Yeah, well, you mean like Star movies? Yeah, like is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, like the because I don't remember where it falls in the timeline though. Yeah, but. If what I'm reading is correct, 22 and 23. Okay. Yeah, I think that would make sense. I just felt like it was... There wasn't anything special to it. Like, I I compare it to uh, the Geki Ranger one where they go to Hong Kong. At least there was some kind of interesting plot line going on in that one. But I felt mm-hmm. like in this one it wasn't that great. That makes uh, sense. Yeah, I haven't... I haven't really liked a Sentai movie in a while, I think. They always feel like there's something... They feel like afterthoughts, to be honest. It's like an extra episode. What I hate about them is they feel like extra episodes with higher production budgets, which just cements the fact that it's an afterthoughts. It it is, and it kind of stands out too much Mm. in my mind. It stands out, but it doesn't have, like, a good story ever and they're of course they're an extra episode so or like kind of that extra episode format so they're only like 30 minutes at the most yeah. so mm-hmm. i don't know yeah that's the thing yeah, it's it double book double build with uh 
Common Rider, and Common Rider gets the huge focus yep. there. So they do. I think the um, only Sentai the, movie of recent that I felt really added to the show was uh, the Kyoryuja movie. And that's just because that character, both of, like the two movie characters, showed up in the TV show. Yeah, that's true. Uh, for me, like I, I more look forward to like the versus Sentai movies than yeah, the summer movies because you get to see a lot. And those are dead now. Very <sighs> dead. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe we'll get the Q Rangers to show up in an episode of Lupin vs. Pato. That would be pretty cool. Yes. Lupin versus Pato versus Q Ranger. I would bet like Naga and Balance would uh, help the Lupin Rangers out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're actually talking about that on like the recent live stream where yeah we were wondering who would side with Lupin and who would side with Pato. And yeah, Balance and Naga seem like the best, <laughs> the most likely to be Lupin Rangers or on the side of Lupins. Yeah, I remember. I tuned in a little late to that. By the way, where can you find that live stream? Yes? You can find that on our YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash... (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Cool. Good job, man. Plug, 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 plug. No, you're keeping this in. You're keeping this in. We're a professional outlet here. We're keeping this in. That doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Cure Ranger, good show. Not the best, but you should watch it. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a, as much as, like, they, there, there are problems with the show. It's not a perfect show at all. Um, but it's such a different show. I think it's worth checking out in any case. Uh, it's got good characters. It's got really cool suits. Awesome action. It's got a, got a story that feels like it's going somewhere. Even though where it goes isn't entirely the greatest. Um, but yeah, I think it's still worth it. I agree. I'm glad I uh, tuned in to watch it as it was live. Just some of mm-hmm. the cliffhangers that it pulled were very good. Yeah. People died. Literally. Then came and then came back. And then died and again. Then, and then came back yeah, again. you know, stuff, stuff happened. Which is yeah. more than you can say for some of the recent Sentai. True. Yeah. I was gonna say if if you were somebody like me who was completely burnt out of Sentai because of the the recent seasons, this this will bring you back in mm. to Sentai. This will give you hope. Yeah, this made me yeah. really love Sentai again. Could say you'd be lucky to see it. And with that, that is the end of our Q Ranger <laughs> episode. I'd like to thank both. Nicole and George for joining for the podcast. No, thank you. No. Or something? No? Okay, just me? Okay. No. (laughs) Yes, thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) And we will be back with another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. Bye. Bye. The Tokenet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official Tokusatsu news and media. This episode was produced and edited by Yasin Bulhan, with theme song by Kevin McLeod. 
If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform, such as iTunes or Stitcher. It helps other Tokusatsu fans find us, and it really does help out the show. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash tokenet, where, if you're at the Common Rider level, you can get early access to this episode and our future podcast episodes, plus extra rewards. Team Tokenet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, our website, tokusatsunetwork.com.